Welcome to another post-retirement edition of the Dojo Talk podcast. This is technically episode number 180. <laughs> I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are recording a very uh, impromptu episode of the podcast, but it seemed like it was a pretty, pretty solid occasion to do so. Um, and of course, by we, of course, I'm not recording this by myself. I'm recording with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? We have somehow outlived Bellator MMA. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember the last episode we've done that was like strictly Bellator, but (laughs) somehow. (laughs) I I, want to say we, oh my gosh. Um, It wasn't Kimbo Dada, right? Nah, I want to say, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I know we, we covered a, a Chandler fight, but I feel like it wasn't just his alone. Like, was, it, was it like his last one? It might have been. It might have been. It's been a little It's been a little bit, though. It's been a I little mean, bit. If, if we're being honest, Bellator does not often give us much incentive uh, to cover it at all. But, uh, I, not for an entire being, episode. Not not, not for yeah, not for them to get an, an episode solely solely dedicated uh, to them. But yeah, so like if we're being real, outside of like Sam Kaplan, who used to work for Bellator, I don't think any other MMA podcast has given Bellator as much. <laughs> um, what what's the word? Uh, airtime thought. As we have? Probably not. We have been, uh, I won't say we've carried the Bellator torch uh, on the podcast streets, but at the same time, I would say I'm I'm willing to bet, yeah, we've probably covered it more than (laughs) anybody else I can think of out there who doesn't get, like, professionally paid to cover, you know, the people that just do this of their own free will. It's, it's like just, James Lynch and then us. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we're just out here, man. Just uh, just just keeping an eye out. Um, but yeah, this this was not planned. You know, for those uh who may may be new, if you're clicking on this for the first time, uh, as I uh, mentioned in the intro, we are a retired podcast, and uh, our post retirement conditions hinged on three fights that would bring us out of retirement, and we got all three of them. Well, we got two of them. We got two of them. Uh, John and the third Jones. One is gone forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The third one technically didn't happen, but John Jones fought at heavyweight, so we just kind of let that. Man, eh, we'll let it slide. We'll let it. <laughs> he, he fought a Frenchman at heavyweight, so yeah. it, it counts. Like yeah, this. we let that one count. We let that one slide through. But um, yeah, this was not on the list of things to talk about, but also at the time when we made those uh, you know stipulations if you want to call them that um i don't think we knew that bellator was in danger of i mean we maybe knew but you know there was nothing lasts forever yeah nothing lasts forever but this was this is more imminent now than uh than ever i guess you would say um so we had bellator 301 last night and for those maybe who are not in the know um i don't know if that was bellator's last card as a company but we can say at the very least this is the last bellator card that you're going to see on showtime um yep. at the very least because showtime is not only done with bellator 
Um, they're done with combat sports in general, so boxing is about to be out of here also. Um, I can't remember, because um, when that original report came, report came out about Showtime being done with boxing, they they made some leeway to say, we're going to still keep... Do-, uh, the rumor was they were going to still keep doing pay-per-views because you know, they're in business with, like, Javante Davis and um, uh, Ryan Garcia is coming up in free agency, and um, they just had, like, a big successful fight with Spence and Crawford. Um, and there was, like, a belief that they were going to keep going with the pay-per-views, but I, from what I read from their last, that last report, that they fired Stephen Espinosa, so I guess they're just straight up done. Yeah, it, it, it's not looking good. It's, it's, it's not, um... It's not looking good. Combat sports is in a very, very interesting place. Um, shoot, if we had longer time, that could honestly be a whole discussion. Because there's a lot, I feel like, that's either up in the air right now or it's going to be up in the air very soon. Um, yeah, it's been a weird year because it's been a Like, there have been such odd and you... Um, well not, like, yeah, some odd highs for everybody in combat sports this year. But the lows have been so freaking low like P- pfl ran a card up here two cards up here in like the span of like five days in new york and they could not sell the place out i know this because the day before they were sending me like buy four tickets for 40 bucks it might <laughs> like for 40 or for 40 percent off in my email it was just like what the like dude glory like they were in madison square garden but they were in like the hulu theater which is the theater Madison Square Garden made because the WWE for bat? It's it's a whole thing. It's a whole stupid thing. Um, beside the point. Um, but like it seats like a few thousand people. It's it's where I went to go see Glory. Mm-hmm. It's where I went to go see um, Amanda Serrano. Uh, she fought earlier this year. Uh, I went to go see her, and they managed to sell that place out. Amanda Serrano and Glory Kickboxing. The sport that couldn't hack it on, like, Spike TV. And it's just like, PFL, you just signed the, the, the heavyweight champion of the world. You're starting all the... Uh, it's 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 been a year of weird lows, yeah. is what I'm saying. It's a lot. It's a lot of... <laughs> it's, it's a lot happening. Bellator but, had their highest rated card in, year, card in years this year. Like the the CBS card that featured uh, Fedor's retirement fight, but that was because it was on CBS. Yeah, and even that it wasn't like it did crazy numbers. I think it did like eight hundred fifty thousand like average viewers and like peaked at over a million. But like that's CBS. That that's the channel your seventy five year old like grandpa turns into because he's just like that's where the 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 game shows are or whatever. Yeah, like hey, this is fighting. <laughs> Who's this guy retiring just like I just did? <laughs> I mean, I want to see football. What the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, in in the event that Bellator 301 was indeed the last Bellator card, it did feel important to at least come in here and acknowledge it. Um, and for, to their credit, like, if this is the last card... Um, Good card. Whoever, you know, matchmakers did their thing on this card. Um, 
it's like I, I said on Twitter. It only took Bellator dying for them to finally have a good main card. Yeah, if if if, if you're gonna go out, if this is gonna be your last hurrah, uh, this is this is definitely how you do it. Um, so pretty much for this episode, you know, we'll recap the card and then uh, have some little, you know, little 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 thoughts about Bellator. Maybe predict what may or may not happen in the future what may or may not be in the cards for them as an organization because there's still so much that's just kind of just in the air right now that we aren't at least as of this recording on uh november 18th 2023 uh that we're unsure of but yeah we'll, we'll just we'll just get into it man so bellator 301 uh the, the possibly possible last card <laughs> for for bellator uh, headline by Jason Jackson and Yaroslav Amasov for the welterweight title. Um, and there were a bunch of other great fights on this card that we will uh, get to. But we'll just start, man, with the main event, Amasov versus Jackson. Um, really good matchup on paper. Uh, when I saw this uh, fight was being made, I was pretty excited for this one. Uh, Jackson's been on a, a good tear as of late, and Amasov up in until before uh <laughs> this fight was undefeated at what 27 and 0 29 and 0 28 and 0 something like that he was he was close to 30 he was getting up there and he was coming off that fight against Logan Storley where he absolutely just demolished Storley for five rounds just what did he finish him I can't even remember he... no he, he he was five rounds yeah. uh, he yeah, he and it was not um it was not a wrestling. Oh, he was twenty-seven. He's twenty-seven now. But it was not a wrestling performance. Is what we're used to from Amazov. Whether it's him taking somebody down or him, um, you know, beating them as they repeatedly shoot in on his legs and he just refuses to be taken down and he beats them up in the in between. He out kickboxed the crap out of uh, Logan, Logan Sorley. Yeah, it, it was bad. It was bad. It, <laughs> it, it, was. it looked like he had turned the corner and become like an elite MMA like fighter, well-rounded fighter. And it turns out Logan Sorley is just that bad at boxing. Yeah, because uh, we Cause we J- yeah. J- yeah, Jason Jackson made Yaroslav uh, Abasov look silly. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I like the matchup. I like I like what I've been seeing from Jackson as of late. So like I said, I was I was excited about this one. But um, I would I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't leaning more towards Amasov. But boy oh boy, did I learn really quick that uh, my pick was wrong. Um, oh, once once Amasov shot in and got like all of Jackson's hips, and then Jackson just kind of just like got his underhooks, basically with very little effort. And proceeded to shuck Amasov off. Yeah, I was like, oh. Oh, this uh-oh. is over. And it was like, oh, 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 oh. Amasov, you're a, uh, you know, you might be in trouble. But, you know, I was thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe, you know, we saw we saw some some good, or what we thought was good, <laughs> good kickboxing, the MMA kickboxing out of him against Storley. So I was like, all right, this will probably be, you know, somewhat of a striking match until he's able to, like, start working in his takedowns. But the problem was he was never able to work in his takedowns. That never happened. He um uh, he tried. He, he got he, he got knocked out by a sprawl. Yeah. <laughs> he, and like he tried. Like him losing wasn't lack of effort. 
he was no, trying to absolutely. get takedowns. He was trying a lot of things, and none of them worked. Um, takedowns just didn't work. After a while, you could tell. I don't know if he was frustrated or tired, but it just he was really telegraphing them really bad. Um, and I mean, Jack- that's kind of, that's kind of Amazov's game, isn't it? Though like he is for all the fluidity and like comfort he showed in the Starly fight. Dude has always been glacially slow. Like it really showed in this fight when he was fighting yeah. somebody that was so much a better athlete than he was, um, or at least a better athlete than what he's used to dealing with. Yeah, than what he's used to dealing with. And when we saw, as soon as I just started seeing them exchange strikes, I was like, "Oh, this is a glaring difference." Like Jackson yeah. is way faster than you. He hits harder than you. He throws straight punches, which Amazov seems incapable of doing. Yes, he Amazov was doing a lot of flailing, um, yeah. <laughs> and like flailing is you know really never really a good thing. But like if you're gonna flail, at least be like that explosive athletic flail where it, it still has some speed. And some power to it. This just looked really kind of just slow, and it's like, now nah, he's gonna see these coming. Like none of yeah. these are going to land. This is not gonna work out, and it did not work out. <laughs> it did. Yeah, ja- Jackson did such an amazing job of holding the center. Um, he pressured, but not like the 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 John Lineker, Jessica Andrade style of pressure. It was very methodical. He stayed on Amazov center line. Like we said, we, like we were saying, like Amazov is telegraphing everything he's doing. So anytime mm-hmm. he tries to like sprint forward, there is like a whole half second where you can see the gears in his like head turning, where he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm going to load up and do this." And Jackson, um, just it's just like, yeah, I'm. He took a like it happens like three times in like the second round where he literally just takes a quarter step back and then proceeds to last Amazov with a cross right down the center. Mm-hmm. And funny, the the ending sequence of the fight was them exchanging. I believe he got caught with that same cross yep. that, uh, <laughs> that that dropped him. 2-3-2, uh, right mm-hmm. in the middle. Uh, to, to Jackson's credit, it was Jackson coming forward. He threw the two. Amazov tried to, I think it was like a hook he tried to counter with, but it just took him way out of position. Like that was the other that was the other glaring thing about this fight. It was just like really evident that like um Amazov just did not know what to do with his feet. Like he was squaring up when he was blitzing forward. And like so all these like power shots were just they, they were doubly as effective. Yeah. It um it looked like he just, yeah, it looked like this was the first time he ever fought somebody. This had to have definitely was the first time I think he fought somebody where it's like, oh, my takedowns aren't takedowning. They're not, uh, yeah. Hey, this thing I used to do, it's not, uh, <laughs> it's not, not working. It's a combination of, uh, size and athleticism. Yeah. And, and technique, obviously. Uh, this is the best, like, version of, um, I think I've ever seen. Like, I, I, I did. I, I've been saying I, I want to see this fight for a while um, for Amazov even more than um, oh my god who'd he fight uh, for the the title or am I confusing him with somebody 
Did he fight Daily? Am I? Th- is that who I'm thinking of? He might have fought Daily. Has he fought Chorus Coffee? Lima. It was Lima. Lima. Yeah. Yes. I was like, okay, Lima can't stop takedowns to save his life. No. Um. So I was just like, I'd rather see Amazov fight Jason Jackson because Jack- Jack- Jackson has, to this point in his career, been like a wrestler. Yeah, that really dull fight with Paul Daly. He took the crap down out of a uh, Douglas Lima. Uh, I remember him out wrestling Needman Gracie. Um, that might be, I think I might actually be misremembering that one, but um, I, 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 this is by far the best his striking has ever looked. Yeah, landing straight. That uppercut was money when he um he would throw that uppercut was definitely landing. He was just getting to the punch faster. Like, it was just, you really just saw the difference between just athleticism, technique. Like, it was in a very, and it didn't take long to see it. It was very yeah. apparent. Like, after the very first exchange, it's like, oh, y'all are on different playing fields. Right, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm as off for all the outside fighting he was trying to do. Because I think he really does enjoy, like, being, like, the the, the, the guy who's, like, on the back foot. Who doesn't have to like come forward and uh, engage? Um, it, it was a whole lot of just circling, circling, allowing J- uh, Jackson to come forward, and like the whole point. And I think this is a thing that gets lost on like a lot of fighters. Um, is that if you are if your game is to be on the back foot and you want to be like an outfighter. Um, even if you're like on the hunt for like the takedown as the other guy comes forward, the thing you want to do is to turn the guy in front of you. You're not trying to engage in straight lines. You are trying to get them to reset so either you can shoot in or you can throw something and catch them off balance. Um, you cannot just like, I don't know, store up your courage <laughs> as you circle on the outside and then just try to leap into the pocket. That's that's not how it works. Mm. You, you want to turn people. And it's um, hard to do this whole, I'm going to leap in and throw strikes when you're slow. Yeah. Like, yeah. the strategy worked, if you can call it a strategy. I don't even know if it was a strategy. I feel like it was just more so Jackson because of the pressure. And like you said, it wasn't like pressure like I'm in your face. It's more so like I'm controlling the center of this cage at all times. This fight goes where I wanted to go. And if you wanted to go anywhere else, you have to go through me. Yes, and, exactly. And he couldn't he couldn't go through him. He tried numerous times to go through him and it was either I'm stuffing this takedown or we're gonna get in an exchange, but I hit harder, I'm faster than you, so what you gonna do about it? Like what are we yeah. what are we doing here? And um Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah it's yep, not yep. really much to break down. It, I mean the fight went three three rounds, I think. It went to the third before yeah. uh Jackson knocked them out. Yeah, but it was it was a very one sided um very one-sided affair. I was a little, I was a little surprised. I, this was definitely the surprising ending of the two yeah. uh, title fights. Yeah. Um, I even joked, I think, beforehand because the first fight on this card was a uh, banta, uh, sorry, lightweight Grand Prix bout that went five rounds. And I was like, oh well, um, it's now ten o'clock at night. We still have four fights left to go, <laughs> and the main events between two guys who love to go all five rounds. So, man, 
But yeah, yeah. Three, three rounds, got that over with. Yeah, not not much to break down in this fight other than uh, Jason Jackson was just he was better. Like it's no other way to really put it. Um, yeah. I, so I, I think th- somebody on Twitter made the comparison um, that Yaroslav Amazov, Yaroslav Amazov is um, basically Bilal Muhammad. Except Bilal Muhammad's a much better technician. Um, and I think he has a little bit more versatility the way he's doing. I think he can pressure a little bit better than um, Amazov can, but I, I see the similarities, and I think this is why earlier in his career I had uh, Bilal kind of marked as like a, a mid-tier welterweight. Because hmm. this is the fight I always saw him having eventually, and I guess you could say he had it with the Leon Edwards fight. Where he just fought like a dude who was bigger, faster, um, and you know, just as technical or even more technical in the areas he was, uh, he was good in. But uh, I, I see it now. Um, I, I see, I see that comparison now. I see a lot of Bilal and Amazov, and not like the good parts. Mm. Yeah, it's um, good, good for Jackson though, man. Like that's that's a good way to. You I know. mean, if th- yeah, if this is if this is really the end of Bellator and like you are a free man after this, if that's the case, like your 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 asking price just went really high. Because mm-hmm. apparently there were rumors going around a few months ago um, when Bellator was first rumored to be like shutting down for reals for reals, um, that um, Amazov was going to sign with the UFC. Like that, that they were working on a deal to get him over there. I don't know how true that is. I don't know if that was somebody just, you know, posting, uh, just chatting shit or whatever. Funny, heard the same about MVP. MVP is a free agent, though. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I yeah, I, I mean, MVP is a whole. You know, I also that's a, that's a whole other thing. So, I would say but, I also don't think he should go to the UFC, but that's a whole other. Ooh, KO. We are also watching UFC while we're recording this podcast. I, I, I have it on. Oh, somebody just got flatlined. <laughs> uh, I think that's Lucas Alexander. <laughs> yeah, he just got uh Yeah, he just went to the astral plane. Oh, nice. Uh, who's the guy he was for? It was uh the dude from not Jakarta. Where's he from? Uh, Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, the Indonesian fighter. I think he was on uh, what you call it, Road to the UFC. Well, he is uh, he is continuing on the journey. That's that's how you do it, my friend. <laughs> that's how you do it. But nah, man. Shout out to Jason Jackson, your new Bellator welterweight champ. Uh, who knows if he'll ever get to defend that belt? That was the yeah. weird thing about this card. Is like, and it was also like the sad thing for me, is there were some good performances by some really good fighters. And then I couldn't help but think, like, right after the fight, it's like, oh, what's next for you? Like, all right, do you, <laughs> like, are you going to get to do this again in Bellator? Or, like, what, Yeah. what's really, I was waiting, like, for the entire night for the broadcast team to be like, all right, this is over, guys, this is it. And they, I mean, they kind of did that, but it was more so like, this is our last event on Showtime. Not so much, this is our last event, like, ever. You um, got the vibe that none, nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. Like, yeah. If and we'll get to that later uh, when we talk about like you know the future belts or whatever, like some of the things the fighters have been saying. 
Um, but like it, it really felt like nobody knew what was going to happen mm. except for maybe Scott Coker, as he, he chose to skip the post-fight, like the post-fight press conference. So, um, question mark, question mark, question mark. I guess. Yeah, he knew. Um, <laughs> he, he knew that he would probably get bombarded with those uh, those questions, and he just kind of yeah, you know, I'll go somewhere else. Listen, listen, I, I I got I got dinner plans tonight. Yeah, <laughs> we got ironic. I got reservations right at this time. I'm really gonna have to go, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was Jason Jackson versus uh Yaroslav Lomasov. Congrats to Jason Jackson. Wherever you end up next, if it's Bellator, if it's somewhere else, um, I will be watching. Great win for him. Looking forward to just seeing how his you know career progresses, whether it's in Bellator or elsewhere. Um, but moving on, co-main event. Um, honestly, this was the fight that I was actually most hyped for. Um, I I said it was probably the best uh, the best fight Bellator has booked on paper in like a long time. Yeah, I would, um, I would agree. I would definitely agree. And uh, fight is it didn't live up to the billing with that one, and I I feel like that's on me. Uh, with that, like my, I set my expectations way too high because I did think Patchy Mix was going to go out there and beat the shit out of Sergio Perez. Um, but I I thought it, he'd have to work for it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, as we just said, uh, bantamweight title on the line, Patchy Mix versus Sergio Perez. Um, I also too picked Patchy to win, but I guess I was just hoping that it would just last a little longer. <laughs> like, Maybe we could get like a good four rounds out of this, and Sergio could have some moments. The the one thing that I I thought Sergio would have had an advantage, um, which he didn't really get to show. So I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't much of an advantage, or it just didn't matter. Um, so I like the speed difference for them is going to be crazy. Um, for as talented as Patchy is, he's not the greatest striker in the world. Um. And Sergio's pretty fast. So I was like, all right, he might be able to catch Patchy with some. Might not knock him out, but, you know, he might just That's be right. able to, you know, land some good combos, you know, make make Patchy really have to work for, because we all know what Patchy's trying to do. Patchy gets you down or he jumps on your back. He's choking you. We we all, you when you fight Patchy, you know what's coming. It's just a matter of, can you stop it? Um, and uh, he couldn't. <laughs> Sergio could could not stop it. Um, had uh, had Sergio kind of like up against the cage, and did a nice push off, and pushed him down to the ground, got his back, and uh, boom, that was that was that. Um, (laughs) I mean, the the fight started with Sergio Pettis backing into the cage. Um, mix pressuring him while he's there and then like a minute in uh patchy just picks him up <laughs> and then carries him 20 feet the opposite direction and then just gently puts him down on his yeah, I was gonna say, probably, you know you know he was a gentleman about it he didn't slam him he gave him a very gentle and just place you right here just gonna sit you down right here and yeah and uh pettis tried to work back to the cage uh he try he like I I don't know what it is with Rufus Sport. You have 
Ben Askren in your camp. Why do none of these fighter their fighters seem to understand the importance of like cage craft? Where it's like you can't have your back to the fence and expect to not get taken down. <laughs> Cause this was a problem Anthony Pettis had in his career too. Like yeah, he was he... he he was an athletic freak, so like he sometimes got away with it. But like this is why he lost to Clay Guida. Yeah. Press pressure and yeah, yeah, that was his Achilles heel. Like and that followed him like his entire career. I don't think he ever really got good at that. <laughs> like I don't think he ever yeah, he just would, you know, athleticism when it was at his peak, he could kind of just circumvent that flaw. But yeah, I don't think he ever really corrected it. Um, it's it's been an issue for Pettis too, but like I I've always said that I think the thing with Bellator that um, separate like that keeps it like a few levels below like UFC competition isn't the high end talent. It's that a lot of the high end talent is insulated because you only get so many like how many guys in the Bellator Bantamweight division fight like I don't know like a Petr Jan, you know what That's I mean? Right. Or Marab Davalos, really. Like, not even, like, skill-wise, but I'm talking, like, game plan-wise, how many of those guys fight with the same, like, level of... the same philosophy? Hmm. Like, Sergio Pettis has looked like a legit bantamweight. He fought the featherweight champion and was bigger than him. Mm-hmm. He fought Juan Archuleta who is a good... He, he's not a small bantamweight, but like he's not huge either. And was able to hold him off. He fought someone who was Aljamain Sterling's like size and build and immediately crumbled in Patchy, with Patchy Mix. Uh, I mean... I, I think it just speaks to... It also speaks to Patchy. Patchy's that it guy, does. man. <laughs> Patchy's, no, Patchy's that Patchy's, guy. He's on a run. Like, he, like, probably the best run of anybody uh, in Bellator right now. Um, yeah. Because it was, it was, he's, uh, he's beating Stotts. He's beaten Magomedov. He beat Kyoji. And the, the only loss he has is to Juan Archuleta. And mm. I'd probably pick him to beat him now. Yeah. And a rematch definitely would. Definitely would. Especially as Juan Archuleta has just turned into, like, Wrestle Guy. Yeah. In terms of Bellator, he definitely has probably on the best run. And, like, quality wins on the resume. Like, he's been been really just going through these guys. Um, yeah, choked uh, choked Pettis out. <laughs> it was like, I was so hyped for this fight, and then it ended so quick. We only got to, to round two, two in that one. And it just, it flew by. It flew by um, so fast. Yeah. Some some nice work from Mix by um, with the finish, uh, using his long ass limbs to uh, uh his legs to lock up like Pettis' re- uh right arm, mm. with the re- uh on the rear naked choke so he couldn't fight it with that arm. Like the 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 the, the, fr- the fucked up part was you could see Pettis you could see the moment Pettis realized he was going to lose. 
in the game a few seconds before he taps. And you could just see him start frowning super hard while Mix is working his arm underneath his throat. <laughs> it's like, bro, this is really happening. It's the like, worst God part damn. is, like, you know that he saw footage. You know they studied Patchy, and they saw him do this to a thousand other people. And then he's probably on the ground. It's like, bro, this can't be. This can't be. Uh, this is just, like, in the footage. Yeah. I'm on the highlight reel now. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Um, but nah, man. Great, great. I'm, I'm really happy for Patchy, man. Patchy, that's another thing that makes this kind of sad if Bellator's gone. Is I feel like Bellator's never had the deepest rosters. But I think in terms of, like, their top-tier talent, this is some of the best they've ever had. Yeah, and it feels like right as these guys were really like catching their stride, it's like the rug got pulled from underneath them, and it's like, man, I, I really hope these guys land somewhere or Bellator somehow stays alive. I don't know if we we'll talk about that later, but it's like more people should know about them, and like just as they're really hitting their stride, it's like, well, might be last event or at least your off show time, so you gotta you gotta figure out some other way to promote you somehow but um nah man if y'all don't know about patchy mix patchy mix is a he's that dude man patchy's good man that dude is legit go watch his run through the bellator bandwidth grand prix yeah. and then this fight yeah it, you could you could skip the horiguchi fight that, that that one was not great but um i mean good he did great in it but it was just not fun to watch yeah but everything else has been he's finished his last like three or four opponents mm. I mean, and he, he kind of fights like that. Like, he if he, if the man gets on your back, anywhere near your back, he's going to choke you out. It's just a matter of time. Yep. Like, you need to have some some bendo-level submission defense. <laughs> or he's, he's going to get you out of there. Um, or, or just be Horiguchi. Yeah, or just be Horiguchi. Um, but yeah, no, great, great win for Patchy. Got out with not much resistance. Um he might have taken a couple shots in the first round, but he pre- made easy work, man. Made made that guy could fight again today, and he would be just fine. Um, yep. <laughs> he could definitely fight again today, but nah, great great, great win for Patchy. Yep, been a great year for him. Um, he got he obviously he won the million dollars, won the title. His girlfriend is now like two and zero in the UFC in her return. Um, life's a good. Yeah, I mean, life's good. Life life's is good. good. And he's about to, uh, he might be going into free agency, so. Yeah, and he's he's another guy, I'm pretty sure, like Jackson. Like, the price probably just went up a little bit. Like, yep. y'all, y'all see what I'm doing out here. Um, Yeah, y'all gonna have to come with the bag. Yeah. Unlike Jackson, though, he fights in a division of, like, sharks. Yeah, yeah. That is true. So I, I I could see like somebody like the UFC being like, well, we you're you're cool and everything, but like we already have a a a, a guy who can take people's backs, mm. and whatever, we got people you know, that man. just knock people out. Like our our bantamweight division is kind of crazy. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. it's kind kind of wild. Might be the most yeah, but, might be the deepest division. Might be. And and and, and I would love to see him in it. Um, if that's what's next for him. Um, that's the other thing with these tournaments. Like you get all the matchups you want to see, and then you're like, "Well, what's next?" Yeah. Uh, they, they, they kind of. I don't know if "walked out" is the word, but like, Pettis having to drop out of the tournament meant that they could make like an extra fight for Mix. But like, what's next? 
I I don't even know what any of the other uh, I I guess Rafian Stotts. <laughs> real real quick before we get to that fight, man, I just rewatched the Jackson KO, but that last hit was brutal. Oh, the uppercut. Like, yeah, when he's going, Amasov is going in for the takedown, and just uppercut just right on the right on the button, just whoosh. <laughs> real nasty work. Yeah, that was whoosh. That was nasty. But uh, I'm moving along. Yeah, it's so weird. Like re, re, talking about these fights now. Like, yeah, this, this car started off a little slow, but once it got to going, these got out of there. I didn't say we got out of there quick, but it finished at a respectable time. I thought we were gonna be here for for forever. But, oh yeah, uh, no. Thank God for these last two finishes. Yes. Yeah. Like I, most of the, most, I enjoyed um, all but one of these fights, and we'll get to that yeah. eventually. But um, yeah, Th- three three twenty five minute fights is a lot on one card is asking a lot yeah yeah it's a lot it's a lot but next fight also in the bantamweight division uh one of the apache misses victim uh victims that caught a nasty knee um but rafian stats versus danny sabatello um two gentlemen who are not fans of each other um this fight <laughs> I, like Sabatello seems kind of annoying. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't pay he, much attention to him outside of like the cage. He, he is Colby Covington 2.0. Okay, all right. Yeah, he he gives those kind of vibes. He uh he he and while I'm happy that this fight was significantly more fun and interesting than their first fight because this is a rematch. Um, I was curious as to why they decided to rebook it. I think it's just uh, entertainment. Like Sabatello just talks a lot. Um, I mean, you, I guess I, I guess if you if you have a five card main card and this is your last card ever, you might as well just like throw away your guy against the wall and yeah. see what, what what sticks. But like you you know the the promo for this is going to be easy. They genuinely don't like each other. Um, and I think I think this fight is also good for somebody like Stotts. Another guy who's one of like Bellator's, you know, was I feel like on his way to becoming a premier fighter if he isn't already. Um, somebody you would want to showcase on a card like this, and <laughs> there were small points in this fight that I almost felt bad for Sabatello, almost because it's he he comes out he's doing a lot of these head kicks. I'm like, okay, all right. They're not landing, but you know, all right, you gotta try something. And but we know Sabatello's, you know, he's trying to he's trying to get the wrestling working. He's trying to get that working. And I swear, like every single time he got a takedown. And he was landing takedowns. But it seemed like Stotts was just one step ahead every single time. Because every time they scrambled, Stotts got the better of it. Like nine times out of ten. Got the better of the scramble. And I'm looking at Sabatello, I'm like, bro, I don't know what you're gonna do. Um, because the, the one thing that you're good at, he just seems to be better at. Um, he's like just one step ahead of you. And when y'all getting these scrambles, he's just, he's getting out on top every single time. And we clearly, we know who's the better striker. I don't think that's really a question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like You're kind of outgunned. It's like you could run this fight back 10 times. 
maybe Sabatello manages to get one, and that's being kind of gracious. Um, yeah, no, Stotts. I, I feel like th- this was almost similar to the main event, but different in the fact that one guy has one thing that he's clearly trying to implement. But at least better than Amasov, like Sabatello at least got the takedowns. But it's just that yeah. he couldn't turn them into anything. Um, I mean, that's that's a huge part of Sabatello's game. Where he is that old school, like 2010, 2011, I'm going to take you down and hold you there type fighter. Like he is the lay and pray, he is the lay and pray fighter um, of yesteryear. That just doesn't cut it in modern MMA anymore mm-hmm. with the the changes in the rules um to to emphasize damage over control um it's it, it, if you're fighting high level competition and i i think stats is a is a very very good bantamweight um even if he does have like we saw his limitations here uh there there were a whole lot of bad takedown defense in this fight from Stotts. Um, and just poor decision-making in some cases. But um, he never stopped working. Like, that's the thing. I, I think after spending three rounds beneath Sabatello last time, because I, I think that's how he won that fight, if I remember correctly, where Sabatello would take him down and he was just punching him off his back or whatever. Um Stats realized I don't really have to be all that worried about Sabatello. If I decide to like just keep the scramble going, there's very little chance that he's actually going to submit me. Mm-hmm. And he, we know he knows he's not going to punch him if he's moving. He's going he's going to work for the control position. Um. So yeah I, I, like it, it was just like okay well if you're just going to take me down i'm just going to keep moving i'm just going to go for the reversal go for a sweep uh work up to uh, a knee and then go for my own takedown um and i'm going to keep punching you all the way through and he did that yep um and that's just that's just that's just knowing that's that's veteranship right there that's like having a lot of experience and not being afraid to just go for it um. So yeah, props to Rafael Stotts. Um, that's pro. I don't know if anybody wants Danny Sabatello. Like, it, it, from the perspective of like, okay, well, we're going to raid Bellator's uh roster for talent. I, I, I'm not sure anybody's looking at Danny Sabatello. Like, there's a dude who fought in the Contender Series and didn't get a contract. One one of like the few people who won and didn't get a contract because Dan White found him boring, and now he's one in f- three in his last four in Bellator. Yeah, uh, he he he's a dull fighter. Um, he like the only thing he got going for him is his mouth, but people only like you uh, when you talk when you can back it up, and he's not been able to do that. Yeah, and this uh this fight didn't help. <laughs> this fight didn't help. Yeah, didn't uh couldn't work the takedowns. Got outstruck on the feet when it when it came to that. He kept he 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 wanted that head kick to land so bad. Um, he tried it many a times. Didn't uh 
didn't didn't amount to anything. And yeah, I I he's definitely one of those guys that I could see like he goes to some other organization. Maybe depending on a matchup, if he just fights somebody who just isn't good at like somebody who's not on the level of stats in terms of you know just overall wrestling grappling ability, maybe he ekes out a win. But the second he fights somebody that can stop his takedowns, it's it's yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's yeah, over. basically. It's over. It's over. Um and then after the fight, um yeah. You'll you'll see with a lot of these fights, it's not much in terms of technical breakdown. It's I got the better of these scrambles and when we were on the feet, I pieced you up, you know, when we had exchanges and that's just kind of how the fight went for three rounds. And then afterwards, uh, Sabatello didn't, didn't, uh, <laughs> he didn't stay around, uh, for the post fight, anything. He, uh, he walked out the cage. Stott's... I mean, if we're being honest, that was the nicest thing he could have done because I did not want to hear him talk. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I had a moment where, um, I didn't know where Sabatello was from. So when I was hearing the chance for him in the fight, I was like, he got fans. That's, but they were like, he were in his hometown. I was like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, hey, he's a Chicago yeah. native. He's a Chicago guy. Okay, all right. I was, Mr. I was, Italian, Italian gangster. I was, I was a little confused, a little confused. Not, not to hate on the man, but I was just, uh, just certain okay. people when I hear Chance, I'm like, y'all really like him? <laughs> like, that's, that, that's your boy. Yeah, that's that's y'all man's. That's okay. All right. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, no, great, good, good, good win for Stotts. Um, I, I feel like it's a broken record at this point, but it's just another moment of like, man, where's this guy gonna go after uh, if this all folds up? Um, because I would like to see him fight again. He seems like he, you know, I, I don't know if he goes to another promotion and becomes champ, but he's somebody who I definitely wouldn't mind watching fight again. I think, um, I think if he can improve on some things, like he could be a, a really, you know. I don't know top five, but just a guy who I think could stick around. Like, I think he has a good enough skill set. And if he just made some improvements, like he could just be just one of those guys that's on a card. And, you know, when he fights, you know, whoever he fights, you're not going to have it easy out. You're not, you're not going to have it easy out. Um, But props to Rafion Stotts, man. Got Sabatello out of there. Uh, Said in a post fight, anytime they want him to fight Sabatello, don't matter who, he'll punch him in the face again. And I'm here for that kind of petty. Um, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Here for that kind of petty. Um, so, yeah. Shout outs to Wild. Bellator's version <laughs> of Pereira. Heavyweight MMA is a mistake. Why don't I just watch a jumping elbow? What is that? <laughs> I don't know if you're watching this. I, I, I have it on. I didn't see the elbow. <laughs> he just did like a. Ch- Heavyweight MMA is a mistake. It, it should be banished. It should be outlawed. I keep, I keep telling people it's barely <laughs> MMA. It's just, it's just two dudes fighting in like a Denny's parking lot. Yeah, this is this is a one step above a Waffle House fight, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> oh my God! Look at that sweep! Look at that reversal! Oh, oh, oh my God! Yeah, guys, we're watching the uh, Brendan Allen and uh, uh <laughs> what's what's what's. <laughs> All credit card. That is uh That is the one. Got got two heavyweights on the prelims and it's uh my, my guy hit a reversal on a double leg. 
and got on top of the side control. Oh. Tried to take the man's back and just did a forward roll. Off <laughs> Heavyweight MMA, it's, it's not real. What it's is, not real. What is this? Oh, man. He just... Heavyweight not... MMA is the gift that... I don't know if it keeps on giving, but it's doing something. Uh, <laughs> but moving on, back to Bellator. Um... The one kind of oh, this fight was unfortunate. Um, I think unfortunate in the fact that I I was I really was hoping for McKee that this would be a much more exciting fight because you know like we said, man, it's you know possibly the last card. Bellator did their job of showing a lot of their best talent and giving them matchups, you know, and this fight just was not. It just it didn't it didn't really hit. Um, so at lightweight, we had AJ McKee versus Sydney Outlaw. And this was one of those fights where you see a guy get taken down, but the guy on the bottom is winning the fight because he's actually doing things while the other guy's on top and he's not doing much of anything. Uh, AJ McKee got taken down a number of times, but he was throwing elbows from the bottom. He cut Sydney open, um, he just he stayed busy from the bottom. He somehow outstruck Sydney while on his back for like eighty five percent of the fight. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, so, someone tweeted out like the comparison was uh Greg uh, not Greg Gregor Musasi versus Keith Hardeen, um, which basically went the exact same way except they gave Keith Hardeen the win because he was on top. <laughs> like I said, the 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 scoring criteria has changed. Um, so I, I don't really have a ton to say about the fight, but I, I do have something to say about AJ McKee. Um, I I have been on the um, I have been of the opinion that McKee is not as interesting at lightweight as he is at featherweight because he lacks a level of urgency and. Um, any any thought of like initiative like he he's such an opportunistic fighter but he's not the guy who goes out there and creates his own opportunities um and what that leads to is guys like Sydney Outlaw a, a competent lightweight but not like somebody who would crack like the top like what 30 40 in the UFC taking him down and holding him down for like a solid 10 minutes. Mm. Um, even if he did was getting his ass beat from the, from the top. Um, like, this is the, uh, McKee, when he fights guys who have like size parity with him, the opportunities that like he was getting against guys like Patricio Pitbull and Darian Caldwell at featherweight, this is a lot harder to come by. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't think he is an unskillful fighter, but I, I think a lot of people are overestimating how his ceiling at lightweight. Like I saw a lot of people picking him to win the lightweight tournament when he was in it before he got staff. And I'm like, I'm not sure he beats Brett Primus. 
I forgot. Did he ever say why he just went to like? Like, did, was he having trouble cutting to featherweight or? That that was his excuse for the uh, the the Patricio fight, the the rematch where he he basically did like zero offense. He's like, yeah, the light, the the weight guy is killing me. Um, like, like I I just I, I and I believe him. He's no longer like what is he? He's yeah, he's almost thirty years old. He started cutting down the featherweight what almost a decade ago. Hmm. So like I, I I get it the weight cut was probably um, killing him at this point but it doesn't feel like he has a game that is going to translate well to lightweight. Um, He's one of those guys lately that when I see, I wonder how much he could benefit from a gym change. Yeah. Um, no part. Failings to body shop fitness. I think that's the name of his dad's gym. Um, but uh, I, I don't get the vibe that they are like a high level camp. Because who else is there? There's a couple guys there. Um, it's him. It's his dad. I think Baby Ferguson was there. Baby Slice. Hmm. Uh, Bubba Jenkins, Emmanuel Newton. That's yeah, the I, that's the name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, does it seems like because I feel like there are tools there, like there's talent there, but it just I don't know. I feel like at this point in his career, I feel like we should be seeing more. The dude is eight years, nine years into fighting professionally. It yeah, it really feels like we like. Like there's a, there, it feels like there's another gear. I feel like we should have seen that we haven't. He right. hasn't hit yet. It's one of those things where, after like a decade in the sport, I should have a decent idea of what you want to accomplish when you get it into the cage, and I don't have that with AJ McKee mm-hmm. because he is very much a go with the flow. I'm going to beat you. At whatever fight you give me, but you are going to be the one who dictates where the fight is. Mm. And e- even like the most passive guys, like um, I don't know, like a, a like a Leona Machida, like a dude who is who. Um, everybody used to complain like it was too passive, too like I'm going to let the other guy come to me and like I I'm going to find my holes to get my offense off. Um, we all understood what Leo Machida was trying to accomplish, though. Right. He was he was trying to create those, yeah, you know, those collisions. He's trying to score points. I don't know what AJ McKee wants. Does he want to grapple? Does he want to be on uh, top? Does he does he want to box or kickbox or whatever with these people? Yeah. I I, I don't know what he wants when he's in there. Um. Like it very much seems like uh, I'm uh, I'm just gonna take whatever opportunity is given to me, and because he's such a great athlete, um, and historically has been such a, a bigger fighter than the people he's fought, it's just worked out for him. Another case of like a high end Bellator fighter just being insulated by like size. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would be interested to see. 
I said broken record. I'm gonna say this about everybody. <laughs> Where he goes after this, if he goes somewhere else, because yeah, I, I can only imagine like if you, and that's the thing like. Lightweight is one of those divisions where, honestly, it doesn't matter where you go and what promotion you fight in. You're going to fight some killers. Yep. Um, it, you can go to PFL. You can <laughs> you can go to one. It don't matter where you go. Wherever I mean, you turn I, to. I don't think one has. That, that's, that's, that's another conversation we can have after this. Boy. Because I'm not sure one is an MMA promotion anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they bought over that kickbox. They say, hey, this is way better. Hell, they don't even do kickboxing anymore. Uh, they are strictly, strictly a four ounce Muay Thai uh, yeah. organization. Guys, if you if you're up if you're up Friday mornings, you don't got nothing going on. One is throwing on Muay Thai cards every Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're lucky, you might get one MMA fight in there. But nine times out of ten, whole lot of the whole lot of four ounce love Muay Thai going on. But yeah, he he's just one of those guys where it's like no matter where you go, you're gonna have some tough fights. Um. And I could definitely see, like, if you don't make some improvements, you are going to either lose fights that you maybe be, maybe should win, or a lot of guys are going to, like, I could see him losing just a lot of frustrating fights because he hasn't plugged the holes in his game yet, or he just yeah, hasn't like, uh, he hasn't evolved as much as I kind of would have would have hoped. Imagine if Sidney Outlaw had been like. I don't know, Mateus Gamrot or that's over. Ar- Armin Sarukian. Yeah, it's over. It's over. And he's just letting these guys take him down um, and put him on his back repeatedly with like very little resistance. Because there are other guys in, you know, uh, well, I guess we'll just use the UFC for an example. But like there are guys in the UFC who can do exactly what Sydney Outlaw did, but they'll be way more active on top. So. Yeah, you're not gonna that that whole benefit of the rule change of you know damage that's not gonna come into a factor because they're gonna beat you up while the ones out. Um, and I, I think I'm more so frustrated because I I like AJ McKee a lot. I think he has a lot of potential. Like I I feel like there's a star there, but that star is gonna fizzle out real quick if uh, you go to somewhere else and you start losing. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that for you. I want to <laughs> see you win. And if we're being real, um, th- that is like that—that's what the UFC does. Because mm-hmm. AJ McGee, even when he was Bellator featherweight champion, he was talking about how he wanted to be the UFC champion. So, like, if Bellator is gone, I assume he's going to go try and get a deal with the UFC, even if it's like a twelve and twelve or whatever. Um, but they—they they like to give. Like former Bellator champions, the business, you know what I mean? Like Lyman Good got tough ass matchups, whatever, when he tried to come over to the UFC and do like tough or whatever. Mm. Um, Ben Asker got Robbie Waller, like uh, a fight where he probably should have lost, but was saved by poor uh, refereeing. Um, you know, Michael Chandler. I think they were a tad more uh, lenient with because he came in basically to be a uh, what's the word a um, uh, strike breaker uh, scab yeah he came in the scab for uh, Dustin Poirier against Conor McGregor or whatever 
or Tony Ferguson. <laughs> I was gonna say they bought him in for Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's another another discussion. <laughs> another time. Uh, or heck, remember Hector Lombard? He came in. He had the fight for who was it? Tim Bosch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't get easy matchups when you are the guy from another promotion. Mm, yeah. And yeah. of all of the visions that you don't want to get thrown into the fire, to lightweight is definitely that one. Yeah, they're not going to go in there and put you in there with like I don't know, um, who, who's a random lightweight? Uh, you're not getting Trey Ogden if you're going to the. I'll say you'll mess around and get uh, uh, Diego Ferreira, and yeah, that'll be your first fight. Good luck, have fun. <laughs> and, and, and that's a fight Diego Ferreira could win. Yeah, that is definitely a winnable fight for him. Yeah, um, it's um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, this this fight was a little disappointing. Um, a little disappointing. But I mean, props to to uh, McKee. You know, just he won it. He, he won, won, it. won the fight. I won his back for most of the fight, and still got it done. Um, so yeah, shout outs to McKee. Uh, another guy, regardless of the criticism that I may have about him, still hoping that he you know lands somewhere. If if Bellator is over, would would like to see more of him. But just hope that he can make some improvements. Cause like I said, I feel like there's a star there. There's a, there's a lot of potential here, but I could also see that train getting knocked off the tracks really quick. If um, yeah. some changes aren't, aren't me. I'm worried. We might be looking at like another, like Will Brooks situation. Will Brooks, I do who has so, so much obvious talent, but like it just never, developed into a cohesive game that works at like the highest level the craziest part is like will brooks is like quietly on like a six fight win streak (laughs) 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 which is kind of wild (laughs) for those who don't know he is the uh the the titan fc uh welterweight champ right now um quietly quietly that happened this year um has regressed i i I don't want to be disrespectful regress has turned more into of a grappler um, seems to be implementing that strategy a lot more. More of I'm a grapple and wear you out kind of guy, but still out here. But he's also like 37 years old, so I don't, I'm not sure. But shout out to Will Brooks, man. Also part of Bellator's uh, history books. Um, <laughs> but AJ McKee, man, got a unanimous decision over uh, Sydney Outlaw. And the last fight we'll cover, which was the first fight on the card. Staying at lightweight, man. We got Alexander Shabili versus Patricky Pitbull. And, uh, yeah, five-round uh, beating um, on uh, Shabili just kind of putting it on Patricky. Not not yeah. the fastest fight. Like, it took a little bit for it to get going. But once it got going, we clearly saw... Um, yeah, Shabili's uh he's a sniper. Yeah, Shabili is um like Shabili was never um even when he was the the fighting in uh ACA, ACB, whatever you want to call it. He was never like the most like I'm going to throw like a million strikes per minute type of guy. He was he was always very selective, very faint heavy. Um but ever since he came to Bellator, I feel he has been incredibly conservative. 
Uh, he had like a disappointing fight with what's the dude's name? Something King. Um, dude, Bobby King, uh, Alfie Davis, where he basically out wrestled them and did not do much with like the the position. He was very conservative. Uh, uh, started slow against Brent Primus before knocking him out in the second round. Um, like that fight with Tafik Musayev before it got to the uh, the, the 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 belt line kick mm. that stopped the fight. Um, it was not it, it, it was not a barn burner. Uh, it was very Shibuya picking his positions, uh, picking his shots, um, and it was the same with this one where he starts off boxing. He, he's very like. Dude has a fantastic understanding of rhythm and distance. Mm. And you could see that Patricky Pitbull was frustrated because he felt like Chipley was directly in front of him. And he could still not touch him. Because uh, Alexander did a great job with the jab. Like, that jab was cutting off uh, Pitbull's... um, it was cutting off his attacks. It was cutting off his exits from uh, from exchanges. Um, that right hand was just money every time it touched. It didn't look like it had like a lot behind it, but like you could tell it was just messing Patricky Pitbull's day up every time it connected. I was saying it was just accurate. Like accurate. He wasn't throwing a lot, but everything he threw seemed like it was landing. Um, mm-hmm. And Patricky was just a couple of. Steps behind. This was the fight that reminded me, like, oh, Patricky's up there in age. Like, yeah, this is you. You trying to hang with the young kids at the park, and it's different now. <laughs> you see these these kids now. It's not it's not the same game, man. These kids right. out here, they're a little a little different. Um, and, and to his credit, Patricky did land a couple of those big uh, lead hooks. Um, off exchange, like off exchanges where uh, she'll be just hung around too much. Hmm. And he had some flurries where, like, he was really trying to, like, I just got to do something. I gotta, yeah. I gotta get something done. And he, uh, he, he did not go, he did not go away uh, the same way like Patricio did against Sergio. Like he, he was out there slinging, trying to. Yeah, he was trying. Out. He was definitely um, trying. But Shabili just, he's so slick, so slick, so slick, so accurate, and so methodical. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, we. It was funny because we saw parts of his game, like the different parts of his game in different rounds. So, like, I think it was the third round. He just started breaking out, like, the, the, the step knees to the body. And we saw, like, two or three of those. I'm like, where the hell have these been? He dropped then, Patricky, didn't he? Or with, like, an off-balance? Yeah, dropping? yeah. He, he dropped Patricky. I think it was with the, with the right hand. I yeah, it was right. early in the fight. It was, like, the first or second round. He, um... He caught, he caught him with... I can't remember what he caught him with, but yeah, he definitely dropped him. Um, we we saw, like, leg kicks in, like, the third or, or the fourth round, I think it was. And then all of a sudden, in the last round, he's like, yeah, I'm going to just start throwing spinning back. I'm going to just start throwing spinning wheel kicks. Yeah. <laughs> and then the two he threw landed flush. Yeah, no. Nah, this guy was good. <laughs> like, watching this fight, especially, like, seeing this open up the card... I was like, it's gonna really suck if we can't finish this tournament. <laughs> like, this this kind of sucks. Um, you get excited seeing somebody strike this well, and it's like, oh, we got, I gotta see this guy in the finals. 
But oh yeah, Bellator has to come up with a million dollars to pay one of these. Yeah, it's like oh man. <laughs> yeah, it, it great. This is a good way to open the card up, man. Because I yeah, Shabili just everything was so on point, so crisp, so clean. I'm like, this is definitely a guy I I need to see you fighting somewhere. Um, I don't care where it's at. Um, if you if you're striking at this high level, and you can keep these kind of performances up, sign me up every single time. Because no, this this guy's really good, man. This this guy. Oh, he, really- he's fantastic. If if anybody out there hasn't seen him fight, um, like his his fights in ACB with like Edward Vertanian, um. Who else did he fight over there? Did he fight? Okay, he did not fight. Um, what's his name? The other ACB lightweight, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment. But like, go watch his ACB stuff. Go watch his fight in the uh, Fight Nights Global with like Adrian Martins. Um, he's not like the most electric guy, but there, you, there's a level of craft that like even to like the naked eye you can like respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it took a little bit for him to get going. Like there were there were parts of this fight where like it was wasn't a whole lot going on, but it's like when he gets going, it's it's fun to watch. It's it's really fun to watch. Um Yeah, no, nah, he he fifty forty five Patricky. Straight up and down. Fifty forty five, man. Um and you know what? Real quick, I'm. I, we'll, we'll go to the prelims because uh, th- that Patricky fight just made me, almost made me transition right into the next combo. But real quick, um, so that was the main card. Just a quick recap: uh, Jason Jackson KO'd Amasov. Uh, Patchy got the red naked choke over Sergio. Rafael Stotts uh, unanimous decision over Sabatello. AJ McKee uh, unanimous decision over Outlaw, and Shabili uh, unanimous decision over Patricky. Um, the prelims from what I saw were, were cool, but I was honestly in and out of sleep. But I'll just give quick shout outs. Uh Archie Colgan got a unanimous decision over Peter Buis. Probably saying that wrong. Uh Denise Kilholtz beat uh Samika uh Bada. Uh Carrie Martin I said Martinez. Carrie Melendez <laughs> beat Sabri Segul. Uh, Tim Wilde beat Mike Hamill with a head kick. Well, most of the prelims you guys can find. That's on the YouTube page. If you guys want to watch the prelims, they put those on YouTube. So, yes. Um, but the prelims, from what I saw, were like they were cool. It's just I I had ate some food, so I was in and out of sleep um, <laughs> while they were going on. But they looked yeah, like they, they were they were entertaining. There were some finishes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, it it didn't seem like human sacrifice hour Bellator prelim yeah. time, but you no. Know, take what you can take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I I had them on, but I was not watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I saw parts of Denise Kilholtz versus uh, uh, Inaba because um, that was a fight that was like interesting to me because you know Kilholtz one of the best kickboxers uh, on the planet and if I remember Inaba was like a boxer or am I confusing her with somebody else but uh, Inaba was somebody who I, I remember thinking okay she's actually seems pretty good um I think this was like her step up for uh, in Bellator, so yeah. No but, shame in losing to Keelholtz if you're a striker. Yeah. <clears throat> that 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 Patricky fight kind of helps me transition into the next part of this convo. So I'm watching Patricky just get outstruck <laughs> by Shabili. 
And then I just I start thinking of the Pitbull brothers. And then my mind goes to just like how long I've been watching Bellator. And it's like, oh, this might really be over. Like, because I'm looking at Patricky and I'm like, this guy was like a staple for this company. Like, you know, the Pitbull brothers. Like, if you, anybody know the history of, of Bellator, you you have to talk about the Pitbull brothers at some point. Like, they're kind of just etched in history um, with that promotion. And... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's so weird. You just you kind of get used to just watching a, and we like we've seen this so many times. But I feel like <laughs> a part of me it hurts every single time. Like you get used to watching a promotion, even if it's not the best promotion in the world. You just you kind of just get accustomed to like it's it becomes a part of the schedule. It's like oh, there's a Bellator card. Let me put this on, even if it's not yeah. that great. I'll watch it anyway. But you know, like we went through this with WEC. Well, WEC was different. WEC is goaded. It's one of the Man, that's the best era of MMA. Nobody can tell me different, but <laughs> different, different, different conversation. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> but, um, you know, like we got used to watching WEC. Like we discover like these new fighters we've never seen before, and we're excited. And ah, oh, the WEC is gone. And we had Strike Force. Strike Force was an amazing time. That was. I got exposed to like people I'd never seen before. Cyborg and. That was kind of like the birth of Daniel Cormier. I'm seeing all these new people. Gilbert Melendez, when he was in his prime, I'm seeing Nick all these Diaz. new people. Yeah, Nick Diaz. Yeah, the man, Nick Diaz, Paul Daly, still like my favorite MMA fight ever. It's one round of just madness. <laughs> like, just one round of just nonsense, and I loved every second of it. And then it's, that, it's, it's, oh, yeah, sorry, and then that's gone. And then Bellator comes along, and they kind of kind of take off where strike force left off i don't think they i don't think they had the same strike force to me had a i don't know if charm is the word i think strike force to me was legit number two but at times felt like to me it was almost number one um, there were and this is a thing that early bellator had that i before the ufc started having like 40 year schedules there was there, there was room for a debate mm-hmm. with, like, rankings and stuff, yeah. right? Like, the WEC um, getting absorbed into UFC and, you know, no no one was going to question, like, oh, Jose Aldo's the best fighter in the world, whatever. Um, but, like, WEC was still small-scale enough that, like, there there were guys who slipped through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Your, your Hatsu Hiyokis. Um, there, there were guys who were literally just coming up when who probably would have fought WC who you know they came into the UFC and they were instantly like top 10ish talents um there 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 this was an era of the UFC where like people still thought that Nick Diaz could beat GSP hmm. be um this was an era when like the light heavyweight division and the heavyweight division were getting old they were getting um, uh, the, 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 like there was just not a lot of talent in it, and you could see like dudes like Alistair Overeem and Fabricio Verdum and Fedor Emelianenko, and who were all like these like well for starters they were very, very like they, they had like a charisma to them, but like you look across like the rankings and you're like you can't tell me Fabricio Verdum couldn't be like a ranked. Heavyweight. I was gonna say, kind of a separate conversation, but um, Strikeforce saved the UFC middleweight, those upper weight classes, 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Save that them. of talent. Yeah. I, I, we ha- I think we had this conversation. Um, we had this conversation forever ago. But I, I was like, dude, can you imagine like the Fuel TV era of the UFC when they were putting cards on at like, one o'clock in the morning without like Jacare, <laughs> We would have been watching some trash, some absolute trash. Like, I don't think this is a whole derail. Sorry, Bellator. We're gonna take a quick side step. Um. I don't think people acknowledge enough how much the WEC and Strike Force mergers really saved the saved the UFC in terms of giving them talent that they really, really needed. Um especially at middleweight. As much as we make fun of middleweight, deservedly so. That, that era of middleweight was, <laughs> was terrible. <laughs> no, no, the, the the preceding era, terrible. The modern era, meh. Yeah. That era where like all of a sudden, Yoel Romero, Jacare, yeah. Rockhold, yeah, show up on the scene and start wrecking shop. Gegger Musasi shows up, like, and is like, you know, a, a, a top ten, uh, uh, dude. Like Tim, freaking, I knew it was boring as hell, but Tim Kennedy shows up and is like a legit, like, okay, I am a legit force in this division. Yeah, like that was a good time. That was. They did that era of uh, tough and like Uriah Hall and Kelvin Gastelum come off the show. And that was the all, last all time middleweight was truly like exciting from yeah, like these, top these to are bottom. Pound for pound talents. Yeah, like man, that was the time. Ro- Robert Whitaker shows up out of like nowhere off the tough uh, Australia versus UK, and it's just like instantly like a top tier like middleweight. Derek Brunson comes over. From like, they carried that era of UFC programming. They did. <laughs> they definitely did. They definitely did. And then you know they get absorbed, and then we start looking around, just trying to figure out all right, what's who else is out there. I, th- I want to say one championship is around, but one isn't really one yet. Like, well, I mean. I- at that point, one champ like we're talking Strike Force gets absorbed what, twenty thirteen? Yeah. So one championship is around, but they are dealing with like like I'm trying to remember twenty they are around in twenty thirteen, but like you're talking about um like the era of like the Filipino invasion like the Filipino invasion where like Team Makai is like that the new hot gym in Asia. Hmm. And you got like Kevin Bellingong and um Foyoling. Oh, yeah, pr- prime Foyoling before you know, he's a little down. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Hanario Benario, Eric yeah. Kelly. Like, those guys are the dudes. Back when Bibiano was still young. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jens Pulver is fighting in their Grand Prix in 2013. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're still flying in dudes from, like, um, Malaysia. Right. And, like, to, to, to fight. It's, it's not. It, we're we're not in the quite in the Christian Lee um Eddie Alvarez era of uh one. But like it it was also exciting though, because like these are like countries that we have previously like no history with right. in MMA. And Another. all of a sudden you see like these cool, fun, exciting athletic fighters who are like knocking dudes out. Mm. Um and then you yeah. know you just you're looking for more MMA, and then 
we get Bellator. And while Bellator, man, for those who weren't around for the early days of Bellator, we, we've joked about it on this podcast numerous times. But Bellator prelims back in the day, boy, they were. Ooh. <laughs> those were some Human prelims. sacrifice hour. Like, yeah. I always say, like, MMA is a car crash sport. Like, it's going to be fun. If you just put two random fighters in the cage, I'm gonna seventy percent of the time it's going to be a fun time. It doesn't matter what level they are, because this sport only allows for you to be so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't like boxing where like dudes are like spend their whole careers learning how like to be defensive, how to take less damn. Like you, a lot of these dudes have learned how to strike at like twenty six years old. Yeah. And boy, in the Merle Bellator prelims, it showed it was your local mm-hmm. mailman versus the uh, the Walmart supervisor. And they were just slugging it, <laughs> just just slugging it out. But even early Bellator, man, I I remember seeing Megumi Fuji, and that was exciting against Zoila Frost. Still to this day, yeah. Megumi won the I mean, fight. I don't care what anybody Bell- says. But Bellator, one of the areas they fucked up with is not keeping the strawweight division around. Yeah, they they once it, like they once they could not figure out what to do with like Zoila Frosto and uh, Jessica Aguilar. Like, imagine if Bellator had kept their strawweight division and like abs- been the ones to absorb Invicta's strawweight division, and they got like Rose Namajunas. Yeah, would have been. And, had... and Joe and Joanna Yunjacek. And I was thinking, like they had. Talent, like I remember early belts, you had even though Megumi Fuji was kind of older around that time, um, but you had Megumi Fuji, you had Zoila Frosto, but then I'm seeing other guys like Pat Pat Curran, man. Pat Curran was my guy. Um, Pat Curran, um, Pat Curran, Marlon Sandro, who yo turned out to be a bastard, but still fun fighter. Yeah, Daniel Strauss also turned out to be a bastard, but fun fighter. Hell, they had Derek Lewis. Oh my God, Derek Lewis. I forgot about had, that. You know, old. You know, Patricio Pitbull when he was young, young Pitbull, um, young Douglas Lima, who was just, Eduardo Dantes. Yeah. Oh man, Eduardo, that was my guy. That was my guy. Uh, Ended up running into Tyson Nam of all people, but <laughs> you know. Hey. But nah, man, they had still in the UFC. Yeah, they they had some people, man. Remember the, uh, the, the career, brief career revival, Ben Saunders. Yep, Ben Saunders. Um, you know, early Michael Chandler, Liam McGeary. Um, they had they had they had I, I some mean, guys, man. They had we, some. We, I brought them up before, but Hector Lombard. Yeah, Hector Lombard, Eddie, Alexander Slomenko, um, Eddie uh, Eddie Alvarez. Um, so there's a thing with the there's a thing like. Guys get built by these other promotions, and they come to the UFC and automatically have like a fan base. Yeah, and I'm not sure that's a thing that can happen anymore. Like, I think Justin Gaethje might be like the last guy that's a thing for. Mm. Um, because like I I don't imagine like AJ McKee or um Usman Nurmagomedov or Especially at this point in his career, Patricio Pitbull or Patchy Mc, they, I don't feel like they're going to have that same level of built-in like. Yeah, the pop, the pop's not going to be the same. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to be Eddie Alvarez finally showing up in the UFC. 
Yeah, because like every, I didn't say everybody, but those who were in the know about Eddie, like we knew, like that that underground yeah. that underground king moniker, that was a real thing. Like mm-hmm. dudes who watch MMA outside of the UFC, we knew like, oh, he's that guy. Like we can't wait to see him get to like the big stage if he ever gets there, because he's gonna come in and it's gonna be fun. And it didn't pan out the exact way I think we thought, but he still won a belt. Like <laughs> he still he still made it. He still got there. Right. Um, and and I, I think this goes back to like where we talked about earlier, where like the the pecking order for some of these divisions hadn't been fully developed yet. Yeah. In inside the UFC, so like there was oh there's just like this there's so much like room for like conversation about who's actually the best or what the top ten or top fifteen actually is worldwide. So you got dudes like Eduardo Dantes, Joe Warren. Um, um, what's his name? What's his name? Marcos Galvao. Mm. Who are like, they're winning all these fights and they're super impressive. And you're looking across and you're looking, or Pat Curran. And you're like, well, can't, you can't tell me Pat Curran couldn't beat like, I don't know, Leonard Garcia. Oh yeah. I was about to say, yeah, yeah you could, you couldn't, nobody could convince me like prom Pat Curran, like the Pat Curran that put Joe Warren in like a body bag with one of the nastiest finishes I think I've ever seen in my life. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah, you couldn't tell me that he couldn't come to the UFC and and, and have a, a favorable 10. career and be top ten or at least top fifteen. Like, uh, uh, yeah, like hold on, uh, like featherweight rankings. That was twenty thirteen, right? Featherweight rankings, twenty thirteen rankings, MMA, uh, uh, um, world MMA featherweight rankings, twenty thirteen. You got Jose Aldo, you got Chad Mendes. Okay, fair enough. Frankie Edgar, fair enough. But like. Pat Curran can't have a competitive fight with Ricardo Lamas. Yes, <laughs> he 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 can't beat Nick Lentz. And while Barton Elkins, he had a sneaky good ground game that we just didn't get to see that often because he didn't. He just preferred to kickbox, but he was mm-hmm. super well rounded. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Like, you you tell me Daniel Strauss couldn't have a competitive fight with Darren Elkins? Right, as big as he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Definitely couldn't tell me Prime Patricio wouldn't have came over, or even yeah. if even if Patricio would have had to maybe go to bantamweight because he was a little dude. Um, yeah, you can't but tell I mean, me he's he not. Also, sending, you can't tell me he's not sending some people to the shadow room. Like he he also beat he also knocked out Diego Nunes. Yeah, like <laughs> one fight away from the title. <laughs> like yeah, like Bellator. I, I I feel like they never unfortunately shook. And some of that I think is is on them. I, I think the one thing they struggled with that they, to the very end, I think they struggled with was just promotion, um, and like marketing. But I think it's a mix of a bunch of different things. Um, I, I I think the like I said the the UFC going to like a forty five fight a uh, forty five card a year schedule, and expanding their roster from like couple hundred dudes to like six to seven hundred fighters mm. that killed so much um not incentive but like it killed it killed regional promotional uh promotions because you know you don't you no longer have a guy who who gets the ufc at like 12 and 0 13 and 0 13 and 2 or whatever they're getting snapped up at like 7 and 0 and now you can't build like a local fan base for right. like to sell tickets to. Um, but also, like, for Bellator, it's just like, well, 
I could go to Bellator. I could go into this tournament that's going to get me like $100,000. Or I could just wait for the UFC to call me. All right. And for guys like, I don't know, um, Ben Saunders, who like had been to the UFC, fallen out with them or whatever. Yeah, that 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 choice is obvious, but like, especially when PFL came around, when World Series of Fighting came around, mm. and like all of a sudden the jackpot's no longer like a hundred thousand dollars; it's like a million dollars. Now you're getting stretched even thinner for like talent you can pull from. Mm. Like, imagine a, a a Bellator that's able to sign like Nathan Scholl or um. Magomed, oh, is it Magomed? Not Magomed Sharapov. Uh, Magomed, Magomed, oh, no. Um, do for Ray Cooper. Or Ray Cooper. Yeah, I was like, or Ray Cooper. <laughs> Magomed Karamov, I think, was his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Magomed Karamov. Um, or, yeah, Justin Gaethje. Like, they're able to get to him early, and you're able to do Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gaethje in Bellator. You're right. But, like... So, like, marketing was definitely problem, part of it, but, like, your ability to get good young talent and keep good young talent all of a sudden became dependent on Coker being cool with, like, the gym owner or whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? That's why, to me, it was, it was great to me that they managed to keep Michael Chandler for as long as they did. Because, um, to me, like, at one point, he was, like, the face. Like, when he came on the scene and... But I, I still remember watching him fight Eddie Alvarez the first time because, of course, I knew Eddie. I was a huge Eddie fan. I was like, who's this Chandler guy? And then dude just comes on the scene and just puts on, like, the greatest fight in, <laughs> like, Bellator's history. Mm-hmm. And um, a star is born. And At they, 8-0, too, by the way. Like, yeah. This is a dude who had been fighting for, like, two years And yeah, At that point. Came over and put on a crazy fight with Eddie Alvarez. Um, I think that's an, another thing about Bellator possibly folding that kind of hurts is I feel like they gave us a lot of good fights that I just don't think people either knew about or just didn't care about because it was like I just feel like Bellator never shook the oh you're just like the UFC's little brother that we just kind of like we acknowledge that you're here but you know (laughs) like we don't really pay you any attention but it's like they gave us some they gave us some really good fights. They have some all timers that I just don't think people really. I mean, I feel I I I I think that's the one fight everybody knows Bellator for. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I think it has like a ridiculous amount of views on like YouTube. As it um, should. And the thing is, both should. of those fights were really good. Um, I I also see that as a death flag. Um, one because that fight was like twelve years ago. Yeah. But two, because. Do you remember what fight happened that very same night that overshadowed this fight? Please don't tell me it was one of them little freak show heavyweight. <laughs> I don't remember. Nope. It was the first fight between Dan Henderson and Shogun. Mm. Yeah. Exact same night. And that so... fight was nuts. <laughs> that fight was was equally, if not more, crazy than uh mm-hmm. than that was. And unfortunately for Bellator, like I think history has treated that fight better than um it was contemporarily. 
um, by like everybody, like MMA media people, hmm. because a lot of the talk that week was you know Shogun uh, Henderson and rightfully so. You got two legends uh, facing off. It is like right in that era of like TRT Hendo, hmm. where he's like about to go fight for the title and it gets canceled because uh, injury. Um, so you, you you had that going as well. Um, well, yeah, I think that goes back to what you're saying though. Like, Bellator never shook off the label of being like UFC two. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like the tournaments early on, but like, I I don't like them being the only thing they had going for them. Um. It's, also, it's funny. I think Bellator's decline, um, I, I joked about it earlier, but, you know, Scott Coker was telling investors that Bellator was going to be making $300 million in profit off pay-per-view alone uh, five years into the company's run. Um, he only made it to year six, to be fair, before he got sacked. Um, but, like, it, it's it's funny. Um I don't. I think Bellator's decline is kind of like the decline of like television. Mm. I, I think that's been a huge part of it, where they were on a network that kept the like across the board, the ratings were getting worse every year on Spike, especially when they turned to Paramount, mm-hmm. and then they they got taken out of a bunch of homes because they got like for reasons like people don't understand like there was a time where like whenever patricio pitbull would fight he would get a million people to sit down and watch like his quarter hours would peak at over a million every time he fought like those the pat kerr and daniel strauss days Mm. those fights and rematches they drew um the problem is MMA uh, at the time was not that different from pro wrestling. It's a problem that pro wrestling has where um, advertisers are not very like keen to put their stuff on next to blood. You're right. Um, so like for Bellator to be actually successful and get like a big TV deal contract, um, it, it, what matters less is viewer less than viewers is viewers willing to pay for products that they see on your television. So that yeah. You gotta make people care. Yeah, you gotta make people pay. You, that's what you Yeah, that's who. And for like, but, but they, for them to pay, they have to care. They have to be invested in some right way, shape, um, or form. And I think Bellator struggled a lot with that part. Like the talent was there, at least in like the upper the upper echelon yeah. of the talent was there, but it's like, all right, how do we get people outside of like the hardcore fans? Like, how do we get them to care about, you know, what we got going on? And I don't think they ever quite figured that out. The answer turned out was not to put cops on before them. Nah. <laughs> cause, cause those cops, it's funny, those reruns of cops would like, were. They were the most popular thing on Spike TV. <laughs> so, one of the other things that I think is the um, 
I, I point to all the time as like a death nail for Bellator. Um, was them being bought by Viacom? Man, got bought because by a company with unlimited money who just felt like they didn't invest in them at all. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm sure, like, if we look at their balance sheets or whatever, they ended up spending a lot of money on Bellator. But, like, I, I, I remember hearing in the early days of that sale um, that they were looking to sell. Like, the whole idea, because Strikeforce had been um, sold for, what was it, like $20 million at the time? Mm. So, they were like, well, if that's the type of money that's being thrown around for these promotions, we can buy Bellator and, you know, we can put it on our thing, we can give it this nice shiny coat of paint, we can bring in Scott Coker to run it after uh, Bjorn Redney's deal is up or whatever. Um. And we can we, we we can force a sale to somebody who because like this is right around the time that like the sports bubble is starting to form around uh, TV. Mm. We're gonna have this thing that's insulated. It's gonna pop a million people to watch Spike every week, build a fan base, and then we're gonna sell it to maybe the UFC or whatever. Um, Bellator turns out to be one of those sports that is not insulated from the decline in. Uh, uh, cable television because of, <laughs> oh boy those numbers were bleak <laughs> they went from getting like eight hundred thousand nine hundred thousand one million to like two a quarter of a million in the span of like three or four years mm. like it was i remember hold on um yeah no i i remember because I used to talk about it with uh, with uh, Joey. It was just like, what's happening? Like, where are all these viewers going? It's just like, oh, they're just turning off the TV and cutting ca- they're cutting the you know ca- cutting the cable. Mm-hmm. I did the same. Uh, <laughs> yep. Haven't had cable for well over like a decade now. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but um. God, like. Uh, we 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 jumped right to the the Spike TV era of Bellator. I just realized. Um, I mean, technically, we were talking about like stuff from before then, but like people don't realize like the early days of Bellator, where like they were on like what was it Fox Sports or some they were on ESPN Deportes or something like that. Where like if you wanted to watch them and you set like your TiVo. To the time they were scheduled on, because they 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 were aired on tape delay, on like MTV Two and stuff mm. sometimes, but like also on like Fox Depor- or ESPN Deportes or Fox Deportes or something like that. Um, you, if you tried to TiVo them, you would miss the entire card because they would air hockey reruns instead of uh, instead of the Bellator card. I remember I did that once. I was so fucking pissed. Like I, I had stayed up late. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch this Bellator card, and then I'm like, sorry, I turn to the channel. It's just like, yeah, here's the the New Jersey uh, Devils <laughs> game against like the Rangers or some shit. Man, what, what? God, like, what a journey. What a time. Yeah, I guess before we uh, I, mean, I feel like this this could go on forever because i mean we we could hypothesize like what 
Well, I guess real quick, uh, we'll do if you have any predictions of what'll happen next, and then maybe just like some favorite Bellator moments before we uh before we we wrap up. Um, or um, maybe not even predictions. Maybe maybe just like what what would you like to why, see happen next? Would you, all right. So no, why uh, I was going to wildly speculate, but we can do that instead. Um, what I would like is for um, okay. What I would like to happen is uh, for Bellator. To get bought up by the zone. Um, because the zone uh, seemed to be the only company that seemed interested in trying to build Bellator. <laughs> when um, the only profitable year we know about for Bellator um, was back when that little span of time where they had a deal with the zone right when the zone started hmm. and it that 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 uh their buying of rights for the streaming gave them half of their revenue i think that year they generated 70 million dollars it was the most profitable year in bellator history um that we know of and 35 million of that was the zone and Strikeforce refused to sell out uh, partial ownership to the zone because they didn't like the, the fact that the zone the streams were like taken away from like whatever Showtime was trying to sell at the time. Because mm. I think they knew that they were going to have an app or like a streaming service eventually and they didn't want to get locked into being on the zones or whatever. Um, their loss. Um, what I think is going to happen is. Um, Bellator might just close. I, 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 I keep hearing about like this PFL deal. Um, I don't believe it. Or, okay, so we have talked a little bit about like Bellator's um, inability to like draw an audience. All right. PFL is like a billion times worse. Yes. <laughs> they like, they both similarly struggle from the same things, but PFL is worse because I feel like nobody knows who PFL is. Like PFL is on ESPN. And it is infinitely worse, like less name recognition than Bellator. Yeah. Like I said, I mentioned it earlier. Like, how are you running shows at Madison Square Garden and not filling the Hulu theater? It's wild. Like, and they make such bizarre choices. Like, they'll they'll do a show at, on New Year's Eve in downtown Manhattan. Just hmm. like, dude, I don't know if you've ever been to Manhattan uh, during the holidays. It is a nightmare. Yes, I I haven't been, but I've seen. Yes, it is a. Uh... It is an absolute like the the subway is fucking terrible. NJ Transit getting into the city is like a is a disaster. It's like yeah. a war zone. Nobody's going through all of that to watch a PFL card. And yeah, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, I know there's gonna be like a million people on the street to watch the ball drop for New Year's, 
but do you want to come to mass you want to try to get to madison square garden right <laughs> that that place that literally everybody who wants to go to times square is going to have to go through to Oh, uh, it's it's so it's so dumb. It's mm. it was so dumb. It, this, this company has like no business sense. They just started a promotion where they're going to segregate all their women to. Man, that bro. They're they're spending millions of dollars to start regional promotions like PFL Europe, and because of rights issues, we don't get to see Cedric freaking Doombay, which is crazy. <laughs> This man had was an Mbappe at his um Yes. Yes, like this dude is like a superstar. And this man had an audience of people chanting how his opponent was going to die. <laughs> he got the most he got one of the most famous athletes in the world to fly home from an away game. To come see him fight. fight. And y'all got this got, on like a tape delay or whatever. And we can't even. We never even got to fucking see it here. We, I, did, we. I had to watch a YouTube link. <laughs> like after the fact. To see what happened. This almost makes it me is. second guess what I want to happen. Because I feel like if what I want to happen happens. It might end up failing. Like. I have to believe. That either. PFL is a scam. Seems hot. Or the people, or the people running it, are really, really dumb. Because my, my train of thought, I'm not so against. In my perfect world, they would merge with PFL. But also in my perfect world, we have to overhaul this entire thing. Like, dude, we have, like the, the, the season tournament yes, has to go. The, t- the tournament has to, go. has to go. Um, you are not getting freaking uh, who like Ryan Bader, but Ryan Bader is going to fight five times in a year. Yeah, <laughs> like this, this tournament thing off the table. Like, because I, I, I truly like just from a talent perspective, PFL merging with Bellator deepens the roster. I'm liking the talent, I can see a lot of fun matchups. I think we could get a lot of good out of this. But the issue is going to come. It's the same issue that they both face. All right, so we have the talent now. With us merging, our divisions are, you know, not not the deepest, but it's 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 more than serviceable now. Like, this is a respectable, should be a very respectable oh, roster. If they, if they fuse the two divisions, I'm not going to, it's definitely not like, oh, they're just as good as you. If they, if they fuse the two organizations and had, like, a shared roster, that's a respectable number two yeah, organization. Very respectable. Is, like, like, not quite strike force levels, but like you are getting close. Yeah, you're close. You're close. But it becomes the 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 issue that Bellator has had their whole time, and that PFL has. How do we get people to care about this? Like, we gotta. Like, I, I almost feel like the name PFL gotta go. I don't even like how the name sounds. <laughs> like, Professional Fighters League sounds like totally legit uh laundromat yeah like we 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 gotta overhaul this whole thing we gotta rebrand this and we gotta like i said the marketing and promo and structure this all has to change because the talent is there but i have said this for years like i don't know what is in these press kits that these promoters are sending out like i don't know who they're sending them out to are they just like 
who who is getting like when when PFL comes to New York or Bellator goes to like I don't know Connecticut, who's getting a press kit? Like who's getting like a here's all the things that are happening. Here's right. Uh, like are 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 they inviting local media? Like are they just inviting like sports people? Are they I like I dude? If I'm done, I'm sending it to literally like I'm sending it to whoever's in charge of like the high school newspaper in the town I'm going to. Right. <laughs> I, we, like we gotta we gotta do this from the ground up. We gotta go old school. Like, hey, we about to press up flyers and just sit outside and just like <laughs> we hand them to people or something. Like. like I don't know, like, the Bellator social media is, like, trash. Like It's so bad. Like, and, like, th- as much as, we, you know, we can poke fun at one championship, their social media is good. When I go it's to... En- it's at least engaging. It's engaging. When I go to YouTube, I can watch a Rod Tang fight, and within the next day, that fight is on YouTube for me to watch. Mm-hmm. In full. Not highlights, not, you know, oh, here was that one cool part of the fight no the entire fight is gonna be there the next day y'all are gonna have Dude. to start doing stuff like that like yeah like where the fuck are bellator fights stored are they on like the showtime that's the, thing? the other thing that and that is another part because i've there are certain bellator fights that i've tried to go back and watch and like they have some fights on their website but like I feel like the 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 library is. I don't know if it's scattered. I don't know if it's lost. I don't know if you know maybe because it was on Spike. Like I don't I don't know where <laughs> it seems like a lot of it is just not there. And it's like, bro, y'all need this needs to be in the public eye. Like this needs to be somewhere that is easily accessible, where people can can just there go are, watch it. Dude, there are like his so um. You, some of you newer MMA fans might not realize this, but like at one point, like airing prelims wasn't like a thing. Like, if you were um, going to like watch a UFC, you would have just got the main card. Maybe you would get like a prelim or two if a fight ended. Fight, early. Yeah, fight ended real fast. But like, hey, here's this fight that happened earlier. Yeah, <laughs> it actually came out in the uh, the UFC uh, law, the antitrust lawsuit um, that one of the reasons the UFC decided to start airing prelims is because it was it did so well for like affliction which affliction ran two events i don't know how well that worked out for them but um yeah so but there there was an era where like you just, we we just don't we, no one saw the prelims unless you were in the building mm-hmm. so there are a bunch of like bellator prelim fights where i'm like oh megumi fuji fought this person and I can't get access to that fight um, right. because I'm not even sure they filmed it. Like there was a fight between, um, what was it? Megumi Fuji fought, I think it was Carla Esparza. Yeah, Carla Esparza. No, 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 no. It was, um, 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 oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, it was on the prelims of one of these cards. I have to. No, not besides the point. I don't I don't remember what specific fight it was. I say this because I um on Tumblr. Um uh, do you know Kevin Sullivan? Vaguely remember the name. So Kevin Sullivan, um am I thinking of Kevin Sullivan? Hold on. So WCW. Okay. 
It might be Kevin Sullivan. It might be some other dude's name. I don't know. There is a dude who used to work in like the back room for WCW. Um, mm. you know, he, he works. He, he did production, and he was like executive, like. Um, but eventually WCW folds. Blah 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 blah. He ends up at Spike, and he also just happened to have a Tumblr. So I remember, I remember just messaging him once and be like, "Hey, you know all these like I know I know you guys have like Bellator now, like you guys own it. Do you guys have like all this footage from um like these early Bellator prelims that just never got like um never got aired?" And he was like, "I have no fucking clue." Man, yeah. <laughs> That lets you know, like, there's some bad mismanagement going on. Like, it's just it's Jessica Aguilar versus Carlos Barza. That was the fight I was thinking of. That's the same card that had Tony Johnson versus Derek Lewis on it. Mm. And I Two guess guys, the only people that saw it were the local fight feature. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, <laughs> I, I I would. I would like to see the PFL merger, but I say that just under my crazy condition that won't probably happen. And just the fact that I want the merger to happen, but I need them to rebrand this entire thing and just start over. Like we gotta, we gotta rebuild this back up because we got the roster now. We just gotta figure everything else out. Um, so that's what I would like to happen. What I think is gonna happen. Sadly, if if they're going to blow all their VC money, all their Saudi Arabia money, um, because apparently they got like a hundred million dollars from Saudi Arabia. Yes, <laughs> and um, they're going to blow all of that, and maybe like three years from now, the UFC will be the only promotion in North America. Man. If the fighter. Trust law, antitrust lawsuit doesn't like bankrupt. And I was gonna say, and that's gonna be interesting because their ESPN deal is up uh, next year. Yeah, so I mean, right, not, you want to think you want to think they'll resign, but bro, the way things are going now, like you just you don't know. I didn't think it, that boxing would ever be off of Showtime, and <laughs> here we are. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think so. My putting on my little conspiracy theory hat. Um. Usada's gone. Usada's gone. Yep. Um, they, they, their contract ends the the first day of 2024. They hired the guy who interrogated Osama bin Laden or Saddam Hussein or whoever, um, who apparently just does whatever he's told, from what I from what I've gathered on his uh, record of drug testing. I think the UFC is going to put out all their big guns next year. They're going to have Conor fight. That's why they're saving the John Jones, Stipe Miocic fight. Um, and they're, they're, they're never going to put Tom Aspinall in there with either one of them beforehand. Um, they're, they're doing all this extra work to have a big year next year um, in hopes that they get another big contract from uh, ESPN to be the sole provider of all their content. Mm. Um, and I, 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 the people were trying to be like, oh, well, 
with PFL getting all this money and signing Francis Ngannou and, um, you know, starting all these other organizations, they're, uh, ESPN might look at uh, PFL as like a viable alternative to the UFC. Uh, like a more financially responsible option, but I'm just sitting here like the UFC is on 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 track to break like a billion dollars this year. I think I think their first half of the year they netted like six uh, six hundred fifty million dollars. Mm. Mind you, they literally just signed a deal with like was it Coors Light, Bud Light, like a couple weeks ago. So and that was like worth a hundred million dollars a year or something like that. Something crazy like that. So they're not like there is a lot of. Uh, I don't think I don't think ESPN is going to be like letting the UFC get away anytime soon, um, especially not with like Connor fights in the future and John Jones retirement fight and whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean Ronda Rousey's free of her contract. Her, she popped up in Ring of Honor. <laughs> she did. She sure did. And people were, they were chanting, we love you, Rhonda. No, we don't. Um, I, 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 it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a weird year next year. Uh, it's going to be so fucking weird. Uh, there's so much, there's so much stuff going on. That's just politics, fight politics. Freaking like, we even we even talked about like we well I mean we mentioned that like PBC, the home of all of up North America's biggest fighters, does have a freaking television deal heading into next year. Man, and that's uh, man, that's that's the worst. Uh, I think the worst part of this is, like I said, I, I I would like the merger to happen just so Bellator and that talent can land somewhere. But what I think, what sadly might happen, and like I feel like it's the worst case scenario. Is that Bellator just folds quietly into the night, mm-hmm. and nobody, like it just happens without incident. And I really feel for like the fighters, not even just the fighters, like the the people who just work on the show. Um, yeah, because that's jobs. It, like that's a lot of jobs that are just going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, man, I wish I could remember her name, uh, because I would give her a shout out. It's somebody who fights with I cannot remember her name. But uh she was doing um uh she was just making like a video. Uh her video was in response to Volkanovsky when he was talking about a lot a lot of his like mental health stuff. Um and she was saying how like, you know, how to fight life is hard, especially hard for them because we're in Bellator and we don't know if we're like I'm training, but I don't even know if I'm gonna have another fight. Like I'm just at the gym because I got to be at the gym. Yep. But my company is most likely about to fold and we're just kind of in the dark. Like we don't even know what's, what's going on. We don't know what's happening. Nobody's telling us anything. Yeah. Um, so that, that goes back to something that, um, I, I was that, um, I mentioned earlier, Chris Cyborg, Mentioned that she is supposed to that she has been told that she's fighting Leah McCourt sometime in 2024 uh, for the Bellator featherweight title. This man just took off his pants. Yes, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, still um, got this UFC card on y'all. 
whatever. Um, <sighs> but um, yeah, so the, she she was told by somebody that the US, that she's going to be fighting for Bellator again next year. I, I don't know if that was told to her like because they brought Leah McCourt into the the cage after her last fight against Kat Zingano. I don't know if that's what they told her back then, and things have changed since then. I don't know if this is Chris Cyborg. You know, she she's she she's always been like very positive about Bellator. Um, um, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if this is just her, like you know, trying to get on somebody's good side. Or Man, we didn't even talk about stop. Um, no, bro, I was about to get sidetracked. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, like, point B, no one knows. No one knows. Scott Coker's in the wind. He he, he has disappeared with yeah, the, the, the suitcase full of money. <laughs> he said, the deuces. Yeah. He's like, dude, my contract, ends, my contract ended the second that the fight was over, so I'm out. Bye. Um... You know what would be the dumbest fucking possible outcome? Next week, they, so PFL has a card next week. Um, it's the pay-per-view. It's going to be like the final for the year. That's the other thing I don't like about PFL. They only have 10 cards a year. Not um, enough to keep people interested. <laughs> not, not even that. It's just, it's, just, it's not enough to build a fan base anymore. Like yeah. people's attention spans are short. Way too short. You yeah. Can't, you you just can't go like, like what their last card was in like August, the last North American card, mm. August, something like that. Like you just can't go three months, two three months without like putting anything out. Because it's like two three months of like radio silence. That's the thing. It's not like these guys are out here doing like press tours or. Um, PR or whatever. They're just like, okay, we'll see you guys in November. Bye. Um, I got sidetracked. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, PFL has a card next week. Um, the dumbest possible thing would be if PFL announces on their pay-per-view, because it is a $50 pay-per-view next week. That um, they have bought Bellator because you'd think that would be like a thing that they put out on the card that had the two title fights and everybody was watching because they thought it was the last card in the history of Bellator. Right. Man. So, oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I mean, like the 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 card, from what I can tell, had like a lot of uh, positive feedback. People were entertained. Um, nothing but good things to say about the champions. There's a lot of positive vibes. Um, it probably would have been a good idea to be like, hey, we got new ownership, or. Some type of any type of announcement about yeah, the that's the most I've seen Bellator like positive talk on my Twitter timeline ever. <laughs> like, we were all in unison, you know. Yeah, it's like, oh, this sucks. I, that's the other thing. MMA shrinking, like that. That's the thing that that's the that's the that's the heartbreaking thing. We, 
one one championship is just you're they're lucky if they get an MMA fight a card now. Yeah, it's um, a whole lot of Muay Thai and some kickboxing every now and again. Dude, they've only had twenty kickboxing fights this year. They run cards every week. And they signed Takaru, and Takaru still hasn't. Takaru's on Twitter begging for a fight. Yeah, this man, he's, I just see videos of him just training, still shots of him just hitting a punching bag, <laughs> but he hasn't gotten a single fight yet. Yeah. Watch his first fight be like for the Muay Thai title. Like, <laughs> 100%. That's probably what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, what one is... Re, re, uh, rec, no, receding away from MMA. Bellator's gone. PFL, uh, and people don't realize, Bellator put on like 20 cards a year. PFL, Lord knows what's happening with them. They're segregating their women out. Um, they're they're putting all this money in overseas cards, um, and I mentioned earlier, like the the regional scene has been not great for a long time now, um, in in part because like all the you know all the all the guys who would be headlining their cards get signed by the UFC way too early, um, the sport like it it, it really feels like your options are like diminishing it's limited um especially if you're somebody especially because if you're an american fighter getting to rush is a pain in the ass yeah i I was gonna say in in terms of the options uh in terms of like just being a fan like if you're a casual you know for us we're we're junkies as much as we might complain about the sport we just find stupid ways to keep watching it (laughs) but like We'll watch, you know, some random MMA card in some foreign country that we've never been to and we don't really care. We might not even know who's fighting, but we'll just watch it anyway. But right. for, like, the casual fan, like, it's, it it really is going to get to the point where, like, the UFC is going to be the only thing you know um, because Bellator is going to be gone. P- PFL, like you said, PFL is on ESPN, and it still doesn't even feel like they're on ESPN. You go to the ESPN Plus page, and you gotta, like, search to even still find, <laughs> like, the card that you wanna watch. So it's right. like, yeah, it's getting, it's getting scarce out here. Um, it's, 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 it's getting scarce out here. The, the options are definitely, uh, and that, that's another thing that always sucks, you know, when you lose a promotion. It's like, competition is always good. Options are always good. And the options are kind of diminishing. And like you said, with one championship, I mean, it's an option, but how much MMA, like, don't get me wrong, I love kickboxing and Muay Thai, so, like, I'll watch it, but, shoot, like, we, doesn't, like, John Lineker's next fight is, like, a kickboxing fight or Muay Thai? He, they, um, they got him doing Muay Thai against Liam Harrison. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's kidding. Dude, John Lineker is how old? Like, 36? Yeah, like, it's they they, ju- they have... just had um, Andrade. He's 33. They He's just 33. had Andrade get starched by, um, ah, he fight. Jonathan Haggerty. Yeah, they threw him out there, and it's like, I, I, somebody said this on Twitter. I wish I could give them a shout-out because it was a perfect quote. But, like, they were like, just, oh, was it you? It was like a uh, one championship was just taking all their toys and just making <laughs> like they yeah, just that wasn't me, but that's they just fucking hammering them shit <laughs> yeah, together. They're taking their toys and they're just banging them together with no rhyme or reason. Like just, hey, we like you, we like you. I don't care what your original sport was. I don't care what your original sport is. Y'all are gonna fight in kickboxing or Muay Thai. 
And you know, it just it just is what it is. Dude, they which is wild because like the Fabricio Andrade uh Jonathan Haggerty fight, they made it that's one of the few kickboxing matches they did this year. Man. Which neither one of them is like a kickboxing dude from my understanding. Like Jonathan Haggerty loves Muay Thai. And from what I can remember, I think Andrade was a Muay Thai guy. He, he might have been like a kickboxer. Previous, I don't know. I think he but, was a kickboxer way back when. But yeah, the, the point neither here nor there. Yeah, the options are going to be: Hey, go to one championship, and I hope you know Muay Thai. Or I uh, mean, that and that's only going to be available for guys like John Lineker, who yeah. are like if if you're I don't know um, Damian Maya, you're not getting that. Or apparently, you can just go to Karate Combat now. Go, oh yeah, there you go. There yeah, you go. Yeah, go fight in that little pit with. You can go fight Anthony Hay, uh, Patterson, Ben Henderson. There you go. <laughs> like, yeah, man, these options, man, it's getting it's getting scary out here. But to end on a positive note, uh, just real quick, uh, what is some of your favorite Bellator fights, Bellator moments, whatever you know, fond memories you might have of, of watching some some Bellator events? I mean. We, I, I have made no secret that my favorite Bellator fight and maybe MFA fight ever was, in fact, Kimbo Slice versus Dada 5000. Man. An <laughs> absolute classic of a fight. But, um, and I mean, the, the, the obvious answer is you got your um, Eddie Alvarez versus uh, freaking uh, oh my, Michael Chandler. Um, all right, Will Brooks. He did to Michael Chandler. That's always classic. Hmm. Any of the uh, oh, any yeah any of the fights between Patricio Pitbull, Pat Curran, um, Daniel Strauss. Um, favorite, one of my favorite moments: Marcus Galvao winning the bantamweight title uh, for his uh, his late mother hmm. after promising he would do it. That that's that's up there with Anthony Pettis bringing his lightweight championship directly to his father's grave, like mm. right after he'd be handled for the title. Like, um, who else? What else? Um, you want to know a funny Bellator moment? Uh, I don't think I've ever said on the, 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 uh, on here. Um, so way, way back in the day when I was like getting into, um, really getting into MMA. I had a friend who really liked to play like UFC, EA, uh, EA UFC, uh, the UFC Undisputed game. That's what it was. Mm. Um, and I had just started, um, I think, training or working, working at my uh, my aunt and uncle's gym because they were they they owned the MMA gym. And their teammate was one Lyman Good, hey. former Bellator welterweight champion. So I call up my friend, and I'm like, hey, listen, you want to watch this Bellator card? And he's like, what the fuck is Bellator? I'm like, it's yeah. MMA. It's like the UFC. Um, but my aunt's friend's fighting on it. Like, I, I the, the dudes on it are pretty good. It should be a really fun time. You know, Rick Hahn is fighting, uh, Jim Mulhead, Jay Haran. It'll, it'll be great. It's a whole, it's a tournament. This is right after Lyman had lost to Ben Askren hmm. and had destroyed his shoulder. Um, trying to he he had dislocated it and tried to set it 
by like ramming it into a wall because he saw it in like a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> yeah, fighter is not the smart, smartest breed of people. Um, so he was coming back, and it was an incredibly boring ass card. <laughs> uh, the dude Diamond fought Chris Lozano like just show, did not look comfortable at all in there. Lyman, who I think basically was fighting with like PTSD from having his shoulder removed, um, and then in getting absolutely shit kicked by Ben Askren, um, just like looked like a shell of himself. Mm. And the entire car, like the like outside of like Haran uh, tapping out of lastly by rear naked choke, like it was, it was not a fun night, and my friend was was very vocal about how boring it was. <laughs> and that was the last time we ever watched MMA together. <laughs> oh man, look at you, Bellator! Look what you did! <laughs> look what you did! Oh, my other favorite moments are obviously uh, Prindle uh, versus uh, Santos. Dick Hicks. Man. Bellator has some, <laughs> for better or worse, has some uh, had some moments. Um, and I like you, Alvarez, Chandler, one and two. Both of those fights were just insane. Uh Seeing Chandler just kind of birth into a star was 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 something to watch. Um, I was a big Alexander Slavenko fan, so any yes. any fight that he was in, I was watching. Um, <laughs> that guy, I feel like he's still fighting somewhere. He shouldn't. He be. might be, but I think he should be. He's like fifty years old. Yeah, he's, I'm pretty sure he's still fighting somewhere. Uh, but if y'all have never seen Alexander Storm Slavenko. Go back and watch some of his old Bellator fights, man. He had fights with like Brett Rogers. That's a name I haven't heard in forever. But Hector he, Lombard. Yeah, Hector Lombard. He's had some fun. It, it doesn't matter if he wins or loses. Like that guy was That man is insane. Yes. He will spin at the drop of a hat. Yes. <laughs> uh Yeah, he just fought Alex Oliveira in like July. Hey. And he he was a fighter with fighter man. Like if you just like people that just scrap, like that's just what he was, man. But he was he was so fun to watch, man. He was one of my favorites. Um, I've said this man, enough. This man had, had, I'm sorry. This man has eighty fights. That's nuts. <laughs> the last twenty, he's been past his prime. Like he should have been stopped. But I mean, he he beat David Branch in 2019. That's crazy. That was a David Branch. Former uh, double champ, <laughs> but um, yeah, no nah, man, Alexander Stomanko, that was early Bellator man, that was my guy. Um, we've mentioned him a bunch, but man, Pat Pat Curran, man, he really was up there for me. Like prime Pat Curran was super fun to watch him. I had to look this up to get it right. It was Bellator '85 when he fought uh Patricio. Definitely a fight that you should watch. Um, prime Pat Curran was a treat to watch, man. Really good, just like savvy kickboxer. Had a sneaky good ground game that you didn't see quite often because he just normally just preferred to stand. Um, but really well-rounded fighter. That finish of, of Joe Warren, one of the most brutal finishes you'll ever watch. He hit him with like an 80-piece combo to, to hit the fight. Um, yeah. I yeah. mean, oh my gosh. Speaking of Joe Warren, do you remember the Bellator 
reality show? I do not, and I'm almost glad I don't. <laughs> Glad I hold on, hold on. I forget what it's called. Was it Fight Masters? Yeah, no, nah, I'm glad that is. I'm, if I saw it, I erased it I, from my mind. <laughs> Randy Couture, Frank Shamrock, Greg Jackson, Joe Warren. Oh, man. That is a lineup. <laughs> that is a lineup. Uh, oh, my God. Hold on. I'm, trying, uh, I'm, trying, I'm looking at the list of like guys who were on, on the thing. I'm like, okay, which one of these guys ended up doing anything? And the answer is none of them. Um, the dude who won, where Bellator was trying to find like this new young hot prospect, and um, Joe Riggs ended up winning. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he become like a referee? <laughs> Joe Riggs, who by that point, um, he won. I think he won like a hundred thousand dollar contract for for winning the whole thing. Because he, hold on, hold on, uh, hold on. Because I want to get this right. One fight, uh, fight master of MMA Bellator season one, the only season. Um, but I remember laughing because fight master was such a fucking colossal failure, and they did they wanted a young guy to win so badly that Joe Riggs' next fight was in the UFC. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we don't want you. Um, Joe Riggs, who was like a 50-fight veteran by the time this fight happened, by the way. UFC, WC veteran. Yeah. Listen, things have just not gone. Like, I I think that's the heart of it. Like, some of a lot of Bellator's issues have been self-inflicted. But, like, also, a lot of them have just been like, but what are you going to (laughs) do? Like your best fight in company history happening on the same night as like one of the uh, a legendary fight between two of the most historically significant fighters in MMA history, especially because no one expected Curran Eddie Alvarez to be like good. Right. Cur- Cur- not Curran. I'm sorry. Um, Chandler, Chandler Chandler Eddie Alvarez. Um, but like Fight Master, you got all of these young dudes that you're just like giving shots to, like. I remember Cristiano Souza was supposed to be like the guy, um, and dude, dude just f- failed out of the sport. Like, ben, like what? What do you do with Ben Askren? Remember? Boy, oh, that's a moment we forgot to mention. Ben Askren getting booed out of the promotion. I used to be so pissed watching him fight because I was like, "How can't y'all beat this guy, bro? If you just..." stuff a takedown he, this guy can't punch a paper bag like this <laughs> i used to be so angry watching him fight real quick though um i gotta give a quick quick shout out uh some of my other favorite bellator moments remember the brief uh joe Schilling stint that was a, a fun time that was yes. a very uh Joe Schilling, for better or worse, was just in some very interesting fights. <laughs> Shouts to our our our, our resident um, uh, Joe Schilling hater, Hasaki Kato. <laughs> man, Joe Schilling and Melvin Monhof. Uh, yeah, Hasaki got man. Joe Joe Schilling, for better or worse, has some fun, just random fights. Um, one thing I want to get Bellator props for. 
they have a sneaky good trilogy that doesn't get mentioned enough. Uh, Derek Campos and Brandon Gertz. Ah, uh, yes. Great trilogy that never gets talked about. Um, if you yeah, just no, if you're somebody who no, just but, wants to see just people just get beat up, it might not be the most technical thing in the world, but you just want to see some blood and some it's a lot of punches. Derek Campos and Brandon Gertz was madness every single time they fought. Um, great trilogy that doesn't really get mentioned a whole lot. Um, but yeah, I, just shout out to all of the, just the people from that time, man. Like I said, Pat Curran, Patricio, Patricky, Eddie, Chandler, uh, even going back to like Zola Frosto, Cole, Cole Conrad, <laughs> the Cole so, Conrad era. Yeah. Cole Conrad, shout out to you. I hope your uh, dairy product selling business is going well. Um, so I just looked it up because I, I was curious. Um, there's someone who has like a top fights in Bellator his MMA history, and it was updated as as early as five months ago. Mm. Um, but here's the thing that really fucking gets me. Um, 2011. 2012, 2012, 2011, 2012, 2011, 2011, 2013, 2013, 2013, 2011, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. You see where the issue might have Yeah. Shout out to Vitaly Minikov, too. Forgot to mention him. Dude, there's some bangers on here there's a name I forgot about. Um, one that should be on there that was recent. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe um, was it Patricio and Daniel Weichel? Uh, Where like he pulled like the one? crazy comeback. Yeah, because well, like he yeah, almost got yeah, knocked yeah, out yeah, in the yeah. first round. Yeah, that was a good fight. Yeah, that was a that was a really good fight. But I don't. I, I'm not sure how recent that is. I feel like that was within like the last ten years. It wasn't 2013. I know it wasn't that far ago. Okay, wait, wait, it had wait, to have been wait. within at least like the last five. So the rematch was in 2018. Oh. The first fight was in 2015. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sensei, you get old, bro. Golly, I've been watching this sport for too long. <laughs> <laughs> like, I still remember watching that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, Lord. Ed- Eddie versus Patricio. Neil Grove versus uh, Jensen. Oh, my God. I forgot about that fight. Man. Zoromskis for Spirit Wolf 2. That was a banger. Man. That, those are two uh, names I have not heard in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, Shlomeko versus Rogers. Spirit Wolf versus Jara. Uh, Curran versus Pitbull. Chandler, uh, the Chandler Alvarez rematch. Shlomeko Cooper 2. You know, these are all bangers. Oh my God. The Douglas Lima, Ben Saunders fights. Bro, Douglas early Douglas Lima has some of the filthiest KOs you'll ever watch, and bo- and a lot of them, or at least two of them, are on Ben, ben Saunders. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like early Douglas Lima. You talk about sending people to the shadow realm. This guy was an animal. Um, he he had some power that was just otherworldly. What made it really funny is that they're like, I'm pretty sure they were like training partners and like friends. Yeah, and he killed that man twice. Man, like, well, screw you. <laughs> Gotta get this check. <laughs> there was a random Bellator moment when Bellator was doing their whole WWE thing. 
I wish I could remember this moment in full, but there was a what? moment where like they were doing Is this it? crazy post fight thing in the ring, and there was a guy standing in the ring with a mask. <laughs> <laughs> And the whole time, I'm like, who is this guy in the mask? What is going on? And then they take the mask off, and nobody knows who this guy is. <laughs> like, they they gave him such a buildup. And they take the mask off, and nobody knows who it is. So what Sente is referring to is, um, oh, man. May, may he rest in peace, Stephen Bonner. Um. B- b- before he passed, made a pit stop in Bellator MMA. Oh man, R.I.P. Stephen Bonner. R.I.P. He made a pit stop at Bellator 131. Oh my God, this was nine years ago. Good lord. Um, and he fought Tito Ortiz. Prior to that fight, they had a they they had a stare down where Stephen Bonner entered the cage. And um, yeah, as since I said, he unmasked. Uh, hold on. Ste- stepped into the cage wearing a serious special gray suit to challenge Tito and reveal his secret weapon to a baffled TV audience. <laughs> so, do you know who that? Do you know what that secret weapon is? Uh, I was clueless. Well, his name is Justin McCauley. Justin McCauley was a former member of Team Punishment alongside Tito Ortiz, Kendall Grove, and Samoa Joe. So they, they did a reveal that only the people in the cage knew. And the rest yes. of us were sitting like, what is happening right now? <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing. McCauley was like a UFC fighter, but he wasn't a good one. Just what the hell was Justin McCauley doing in that mask? Man. Uh... Oh, real quick. Because you had a Bellator story of watching MMA uh, with somebody. I also have one. I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I'm going to say it anyway. So there was... Oh, I wish I could remember the card. I want to say it had Fedor on it. Um, But there was a Bellator card. I'm pretty sure it was a Fedor fight that was actually in theaters. Um where i was at uh, was it the pay-per-view yeah i think it was i think it was and me and my homie shout out to my homie jay um this when he still lived here and um i hit him up and he was like i was like hey you want to go catch the uh we'll just go to the theater and watch the fight he was like all right cool we go to the theater it's just us two we're the only two crazy people watching a bellator card at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> the best part is y'all i think the video was still up when I tell y'all, I streamed almost this entire card on my phone to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and that video, as far as I know, is still up. I think my phone died before I got to the main event. <laughs> we streamed that entire card <laughs> to Facebook, talking to people in the chat, having a good old time. Um, yeah, that, that is a Bellator moment that will always stand out to me. Because I, I always laugh that, like, yo, this video never got taken down. This joint is still up here. And I also have a video of me uh 
RP Kimbo. But man, that Kimbo and Dada fight. I have a video of me just laughing. Like, uh, that's the hardest I think I've. Man, that fight was. It is special. It is. It was special. It is. R.I.P. R- R- Kimbo, man. Kimbo I, I, still, I think... jokes aside, one of the greatest like MMA stories. Like Absolutely. Such Absolutely. a good story, man. Such a good story. But that fight was, if you saw it, you know. You know. <laughs> that fight was. Like, here, here's the thing. Kimbo Slice, like, and I, I know a few of the people who like actually listen to this podcast are actually like, trained professionals when it comes to fighting. Kimbo Slice would whoop both of our asses. Yes, he would. No effort. Yeah, I, I saw him punch out somebody's dread. I'm, I'm okay with that. You got to go. He would beat the shit out of 99% of people listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, I that, that should tell you the level of good you have to be to be an MMA fighter where like a dude who object uh, like is probably probably beats the ass of like most people on the street and to his credit got into MMA pretty late too yeah like he wasn't a young guy when he was really like on the up and up yeah yeah exactly like but let let that be a lesson like Kimbo Slice was like legit hard ass motherfucker Mm mm-hmm and, um, you know, he had heart problems or whatever. Yeah. But, like, he trained professionally. Yeah, not As far so. as I know, he he, he, tan- he trained to the American top team. He does not get more professional than that. And he was working to be a boxer. Like, he was in the gym. And that's what he looked like after all that training. Being a, uh, like, you, you have to... Put to put that like put that in perspective with like yourself like that's how good these guys are mm. like these actual fighters like these actual like professionals that's how good they are man, man I miss Kimbo that was the Kimbo man that was the Kimbo no that that seems like a good way to end this end it on the Kimbo note yeah yeah that was the Kimbo R P Kimbo slice man um. Yeah, man, Bellator gave us a lot of good, gave us a lot of good memories. Some good, some bad, but um, if this is true, it'd be wild if we just find out like next week. It's like, oh no, we're fine, we'll be okay. But <laughs> 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 we got a loan from so and so, and we're good. But I, I, I like to imagine that like Coker is just like farming all this like all this like. Uh, uh, questioning over the promotion for like media attention. Yeah, he's like, this, this is the most attention they pay to us in right. years. <laughs> now he's trying to like put together a card, like secretly. <laughs> so the next time we talk to him, he's like, he actually got an announcement. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, if Bellator is truly gone, man, uh, I had fun, man. It was it was a fun ride for better or worse. I was there for all of it. Um, like we said, man, we were watching those early Bellator prelims when it was just the mailman versus the local supervisor. And we went from that to, you know, what we got last night. Um, I think Bellator deserves credit for like, they they improved the product. They did, I guess what they could just wasn't enough, but, um, they have turned out some very good fighters. Like, 
Um, I, I don't want to give the promo- promotions too much credit, but like in terms of like, Eddie Alvarez was a star. He got to headline Madison Square Garden against Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. He was a lightweight champion in the UFC. Like, and he did that with Bellator being the thing that most guide like built up his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it didn't always work. Um, you know, Hector Lombard uh flailed out but like michael chandler michael chandler uh has been less successful but has had a very good and it's an exciting um, career it might not exci- translate in wins and losses but it, it's it, he he is a star for the yeah UFC. he's a star like, he's not like a superstar but like he he is a guy people will tune in to watch fight hmm. um uh who else uh that might actually be it um like in terms of like crossover stars, no, so like a lot of other guys. I mean, Ben Askren, like screw it, Ben Askren. Say what you want, like yeah, he made er, his his Bellator run propelled him into being one half of the the wrong side of one of the most <laughs> famous knockouts in MMA history. Um, Alexander Volkov, another dude, uh, Blagoy Ivanov. Was Blagoy? In? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was. was. Yep. Um, like these are all dudes who. Like this is what this is why having many promotions is good, because guys get time to develop and build their own fan bases when they have somebody who they are their only option. I guess is what I'm saying. You know what right. I mean? Like, d- does Michael Chandler get to the position he's in? Go like just straight up fighting in the UFC? Probably and it not. gives guys like on the opposite. Gives guys like Sergio a chance to kind of rebuild themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Sergio got to be a champion. He got to uh, fight like a highly profiled dude in um, Patricky uh, Patricio. Damn it! Mm. Oh, I'm always fucking up their names. But uh, but like Ryan Bader, Ryan Bader got to is a two division champion. Went over there and made bank. <laughs> made good money. Rory McDonald. Um, Gagar Mazasi. Um, these are dudes who got to extend their careers because they got into. Uh, you can say it's a step down in competition, but like that's important too. Yeah, you need levels. You need levels. You need levels to know who's at what level and who's ready for what. <laughs> yep. And options are just always good. But yeah, no nah, man. Shout salute to Bellator, man. If this is the final ride. Um, I appreciate the years. I sincerely hope, man, all the fighters and just all the workers, just the people that work on the production, because that's just a lot of jobs that are just gone. I hope y'all can land somewhere. Please, I I, I got to hear Maro again. I feel like Maro's gonna be fine. I, I, hope, he, I hope. He, if anybody's gonna be fine, it's probably gonna yeah. Be I, I like Maro. Big John right is now. not getting another job. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I don't know what he had on Coker. <laughs> I hate to laugh, but that is true. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be any booths, uh, any commentary booths anytime soon. Um, but, uh, nah, man. Shout out to the organization, man. Shout out to everybody that's just a part of the production from the fighters to the the people that just make the show possible. I hope somehow y'all can land somewhere, find another gig. To the fighters, especially, you know, the dudes like Jason Jackson who feel like they were just really just... They were just getting on that push that they needed, and then the rug is just kind of 
just kind of pulled. I hope y'all can find somewhere to land. Keep showing the world your talents and keep putting on good fights. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm rooting for y'all. I I I, I want to see a lot of y'all fight again. I don't want. I'm and I'm pretty sure it won't be the last road for some of you. Unfortunately, I think there will be people who do get left behind, and that's the part that sucks. Yeah, um, I mean, there will be some. Yeah. There, there, when, when, um, when Coker um, took over Bellator, like there were there were dudes who got cut, who had been lifelong Bellator dudes who just never got the, uh, never had their uh, their phone calls returned. Right. Um, what was the dude's name? Uh, it was like Mike something. He he was posting about it on um, on Reddit about he was a light heavyweight too. It's just like dude, it's just like. I, I was in the division where they needed people to fight, and they just never returned my phone calls because they had guys they wanted to get in there instead of me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and yeah, no, it's been it's been fun, man. It's been fun. Shouts to y'all. Um, and thank y'all for listening. This is a random episode. Shouts yep. to me. Y'all don't know. I'll say this now. I recorded half this episode while I was on the clock at work. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, aren't you supposed to be like getting off? Oh, no, I've been clocked out. I clocked out at 4.30. <laughs> I just logged off my sitting... laptop. Yeah, no, I've been right. good. Oh, no, I'm, I work from oh, home. Right. I work from home. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not in the office. Yeah, no, I'm home. <laughs> so, yeah, we're good. Recorded half this episode while I was on the clock, and y'all didn't even know until I said something. But, um, yeah, um, like I said, we were kind of like post-retired. Um, if y'all want to listen to the back catalog, um, hit the SoundCloud link. All the episodes are there. Um, you can listen to our thoughts on, um, I don't know, what's a random fight? Uh, uh, UFC Fight Night 103. Is that real? Is that a thing? That sounds real. That... <laughs> we probably covered it. <laughs> that sounds real. That sounds real enough. Think and any, any obscure fight that happened within like the last three years, we've talked about it. Right, right. UFC Fight Night 103 was the fight between Yair Rodriguez and BJ Penn. Yep. <laughs> That's probably up there somewhere. Scroll the feed. You'll find it. It's, well, that was 2017. That might have been before us, which is wild to think about. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did start in 2017. Yeah, we started... Uh, When did we start? No, our first card was Rousey and um, Rousey Home, right? I think that was the first yeah. one we did. Really? I think so. Think I could be wrong. I feel like that was the first one. That was 2015. That, that sounds about right. Yeah, but yeah, any obscure fight within the last so and so years, we've we've probably talked about it. Um, hopefully, I'll just throw this out there. Um, I'm going to try to make a push, maybe by the end of this year or early next year when tax money comes. Um, <laughs> to, to kind of upgrade my setup, um, get myself another monitor, which will allow me to do more creative things, um, which could maybe mean doing a live episode of this show, which I still want to do. What's on the bucket list? Um, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, but I, I realize like me having another monitor would make this a whole lot easier on my life. Um, so hopefully, either by the end of this year or early next year. Um, I'm going to get myself another monitor, upgrade my setup. Uh, so we ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. We'll probably just still pop up randomly. Like I said, this was not planned at all. Just happened to just be a moment that felt like it should be talked about. So we just, you know. I mean, yeah, like next, like you said, next year is going to be a wild ass year. Um, the UFC lawsuit, uh, they have a, we have an official date for Fury versus uh, Usyk. Usyk. 
boxing sure. on Showtime. We got to figure out what's going on with that. Like, there's a lot, right. a lot happening. Yep. Um, Inui uh, uh, is gonna fucking absolutely turn somebody inside out, probably. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll be back. <laughs> we'll definitely be back. I'm trying oh. to think of like a. I'm trying to think of like a UFC fight that I'm like really excited for. Um, I'm drawing a lot of blanks. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll be excited for Taporia Volkanovski whenever that happens. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. That's definitely gonna be a fun one. But yeah, any any fights that happen that just kind of feel like a moment, we'll pop back yeah. up. We'll pop back up. We're, we're... Alex, Alex Pereira fighting Tom Aspinall. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Becomes the triple champ. I mean, if he if, if it had been Sergey Pavlovich who had won that fight, I I would I I I I could not say in good conscience I did I I wouldn't pick Pereira over him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, we'll be around, man. We're we're too much of junkies to not be around. And you know, we're always on Tumblr. Hit the socials, man. They'll be somewhere in the description. You can you can find us. Um. But yeah, man, this has been another random post-retirement edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. My name is Serial Sensei with Anti-Cool. And yeah, we will uh, see y'all next time that we see y'all. Peace. Peace.